Hello and welcome to episode 170 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And depending on if we cut some stuff, you may have heard about some classic TV shows uh, <laughs> leading into this YouTube video. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of that I'll keep, but we'll see if I can edit it down a little bit. We'll see if we can uh, make it make it better. So yeah. this week we're talking about um, Streets of New Capenna, a little yep. bit of draft archetypes, and then some cards that have caught our eye. Yeah, this is kind of our set review episode that we do every time a new set comes out. We break down some of the limited archetypes and then talk about some cards that are interesting. Sometimes they're cards that are good, sometimes they're cards that are traps, but they're always cards that are worth talking about. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, make sure that you head on over to YouTube and check out the video for this episode. I've got it set up so you can follow along with us. Look at all the pretty cards. And I think I did a great job with the presentation this time. So he, make sure you go show your support. <laughs> he did. He, he definitely uh, upped his game. Yeah. Um, if you want to get at us on social media, you can check the description below. All of our links are down there. Yep. Uh, you can also, if you want to support the show, uh, use our TCG player affiliate link. We would really appreciate it. It's tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Um, head on over to TCG player using that link, sign in like normal, whatever you purchase, we'll get a percentage of to help the show stay afloat. Uh, like I said, we really appreciate it, especially, uh, with today's news price hikes across the board for magic products. So now is probably a better time than ever to buy singles instead of sealed product. So yes. buy your singles over at TCG player where you get the best prices. Everybody kind of competes, drives the prices down makes it good for you and use our uh, affiliate link and you support the show a little bit. And we appreciate that. Um, if you guys want to support us a little bit more directly, you can head over to patreoncom slash casual tryhard MTG patrons get early access to show notes or they, they get access to show notes. Uh, so you kind of get a sneak peek of what the show is going to be. Um, they also get our pre-show, which is pretty much just more of us, uh, we do an equipment check every week and, you know, we don't see each other anywhere near as much as we used to when we used to hang out multiple nights a week. But so we catch up during the pre-show and, you know, talk about us and magic and the show and whatever. Um, like I said, it's just more of us. Patrons get access to that. Also, patrons get put on my mailing list. Um, every couple months, I just send out something. Um just as kind of a token of our appreciation. So if you want to get put on the mailing list, if you want access to the other uh, perks that patrons get, or if you just want to support the show, you know, we, we really appreciate that too. Uh, Patreon.com slash casual MTG. Help us out, chip a couple bucks in. That being said, we have a new patron. Oh. Yeah. Thank you, Chris, very much for signing up to be a patron. Um, I sent you a message. Make sure you check your message. I'm going to need your address if you want me to send you something. So check that out. We also got a bunch of new subscribers on our YouTube channel uh, since last episode. So welcome to our new YouTube subscribers. And this is a good time to remind all you guys to go subscribe to our YouTube because this video will be on there. And this video is awesome. Very um, awesome. So head on over to YouTube. It's Casual Triad MTG on YouTube. Um, make sure you subscribe to us. You know, give us a like, leave a comment. Whatever you can do to support us and grow the channel, we'd appreciate. All right. So with all that, let's get right into it. This is going to be a long one, so buckle up. Um, so we're going to talk about... Was, um, that wasn't 
that's not this set. That's the last set. Was buckle up. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Fair. I don't. I don't have any. I get nothing your, like, witty for New Capenna. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be a long one. Prepare for an endless detour. I don't know. <laughs> long walk <laughs> off a short pier, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Swimming with the fishes. Actually, a card yeah. in the set. There we go. Um, so we're gonna talk about the first, the New Capenna limited archetypes. And yeah, we kind of do this every time we do one of these set review episodes, and normally they're a lot more straightforward than this set. Um, calling some of these archetypes is a stretch, so yeah. just kind of bear with us. Um, I, I just want to lay one more thing out before we start this episode, and it's that normally, we've talked about this a little bit in Discord, normally when like people ask about like just starting off magic or learning the game or wanting to grow their arena collection or whatever. We always say draft. That's the best way to grow your collection. And it is, but specifically for new players, this set I think is going to be tough to draft just because the archetypes are kind of weird. They're, bonkers. they're a little like mushy. Yeah. To some degree. And like, G going back to uh you know peak you know cons mm -hmm. right it was a little clearer like what they wanted you to do they had like the common uh duels plus they had the uncommon tri lands like it was pretty clear how you're supposed to fix your mana and be like a three color deck yeah um this they're having the mana fixing be basically treasures yeah. And so like the mana fixing is like stuff you have to cast and it's just it's just different. Right? It's not Well, that I mean, we have the um the new panoramas at we common. Do. We do. Uh but like it's it's just not I don't know, it just doesn't feel like as clean yeah. as the No, definitely not. It's very in, muddy. In terms of like hey, like I opened a siege rhino it's green, black, and uh, white. So now I want Blossoming Sands because it's the green-white dual land. Yeah. Right? As opposed to this set, it's like, well, I guess I'll take this green card because it makes a treasure. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's just... And then, like, the hybrid mana situation is weird as well. It is. And so normally when we do one of these and we talk about the, quote, signpost on commons... Um, there's always a cycle of uncommons that are gold that represent the color pairs that kind of push you towards an archetype. You can look at the card and say, oh, this card wants me to play lots of creatures. This card wants me to play lots of flyers, whatever. Um, half of the archetypes for this set don't have a signpost card. Yeah, they it's like... tough, especially for new players. You can't like open up a card and say, oh, I'm supposed to be the brokers because I opened this card. Like, that card doesn't exist. Yeah, like, the the uncommon, like, broker-colored cards are just kind of like, meh. It's like, they're yeah. fine cards, but they don't make you go like, oh, I'm supposed to build this deck. Yeah. All right, so we'll start with the brokers. Mm -hmm. And they're... So we're going we're gonna to have to, like, work at... Like, the brokers are Bant, which is white, blue, and green. Correct. And I don't care how often Wizards wants me to call Bant the brokers. is Bant. It's Bant. 
Yeah, right. For sure. So we'll try to do our best to like make sure we all we all know what we're talking about. But the the old names from like ten years ago are better than all of these. Absolutely. So uh, we sorry. also went over these pretty in depth last week, so we're not yeah. going to spend a ton of time on them this week. We're just going to tell you kind of what they are, the colors, and what the deck does. So. Um, if you want to know more about like the specific mechanics, you can check out last week's episode. So the brokers have shield counters, and these are mm-hmm. a counter that makes it so if it would die or take damage, you just remove the counter instead. Yeah, so it's kind of like totem armor where it's like a replacement effect. Yeah, so it is, we kind of want to go like tall by like building like kind of like a big voltron threat. Yeah, because they have built-in protection with the shield counters. Yeah. And I think that shield counters is just going to give you, like, multiple opportunities for two-for-ones. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if you're not going tall, your opponent gets put in a weird spot where they're like, well, they have a they have a 3-2 and I have a 3-3. Three, three. Well, if I block, we're not going to trade because they have a shield counter. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to have to use another removal spell or throw another creature in front of this. Right. Before I can actually like trade. So like it might turn into like more of a grindy archetype as well. Could, could for sure. Um, it looks like a lot of the like gold colors or gold cards for brokers um, just kind of put random counters on stuff too, not just the shield yeah. counters. Like there's some plus one, plus one counter stuff. And I think there were some other ability counters too. If I think I so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's got, you know, Voltron up a threat with counters mm-hmm. and lean on the shield counter to make sure it doesn't die. Yep. Uh, we have Obscura. Yeah. Which is blue, black, and white. I did that in the wrong order. White, blue, and black. <laughs> uh, that, again, is, is Esper for the old-timey Esper. people. Yep. And this is connive control and connive is the like draw a card discard a card mechanic and it gets a counter if you Mm -hmm. discard a non-land card yeah a a lot of the gold colored cards for this archetype um like they draw cards they bounce things they make your opponent discard um the connive just kind of lets you get through your deck a little bit which is something that control decks typically want to do they want to be able to find their answer or their way to pull ahead or whatever. Um, so connive helps there. And then, like I said, the signposts just kind of do controlly things. So that is obscure is definitely going to be the control deck for this format. Um, we have maestros, uh, which is blue, black, and red, uh, Grixis. Mm-hmm. Grixis. And it has casualty, which is the sack, a creature of a certain power to mm-hmm. copy the spell. Yep. Um, I'm assuming this is going to be kind of like the spell slinger archetype, although there aren't a whole lot of like gold colored cards that really support um, like spell slinger. There's some yeah. stuff that like buys back instants and sorceries, but there's none of the uh, like kiln fiend kind of stuff that spell slinger usually wants to do. Yeah. Or but thermo alchemist kind of cards but like that pay yeah. you for casting cards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do want to point out about Maestros or Casualty, um, I saw a post, I don't remember if it was on Reddit or Twitter or where it was, 
but they were talking about the breakdown of the casualty cards, like now that we have the whole set spoiled. And there are no casualty cards that require higher than three power. Mm-hmm. I believe there's only two at lower rarities that require two power, and like 90% of them are just casualty one. Yeah, so you just need anything to throw. Yep. Uh, throw yep. Literal any creature. So just keep that in mind if you're drafting this archetype that you really don't need to pay attention to the power too much because those cards, uh, they're pretty achievable. Yeah. Uh, we have the Riveters, which is uh, white, uh, red, and green. That's Naya. Uh, nope. Riveters is oh, Jund. I'm sorry. Yeah. Black, red, and green. Sorry. Black, red, and green. My fault. My, My show fault. notes failed you. No. I, I, <laughs> I just had a stroke. Um, That's all right. And that is the blitz aggro remember blitz is an alternate cost that like the creature comes in has haste and then is sacked at the end of turn but you get to draw a card when it dies Mm -hmm. so when you sack it at the end of turn you get to draw a card or if it dies in combat you get to draw a card yeah Um, and all of the like gold uncommon cards for this archetype care about attacking so this is definitely the aggro archetype they all protect your attackers or you know give stuff haste or they're all about attacking yeah like for the most part blitz doesn't have text unless you're attacking right right you're not gonna like pay four mana to cycle a creature in your hand yeah no it's a bad deal that is a bad deal but you might pay four mana to attack for four and cycle your creature or Or trade hopefully trade yeah yeah trade draw a card um cabaretti are the ones that you were thinking of the naya shard um they're red white green and their keyword or their mechanic is alliance cares about creatures entering the battlefield under your control have a whole bunch of different things that happen when a creature enters the battlefield under your control obviously if you care about things entering the battlefield under your control you want a very wide board so mm-hmm. Cabaretti is about going wide. Yeah, so we have the the family archetypes, and mm-hmm. then there are two-color archetypes. There are five two-color archetypes. That yeah, it's very strange the way they broke this down. Where they're kind of trying to like tie two uh, colors together that mm-hmm. uh, share the colors. So... Or two families together that share the colors. So yep. we have Exotic Pets is the blue-white uh, yep. gold card. And yep. so it's the, uh, the Obscura, um, or the Brokers and the Obscura, the two families that have blue and white in them. The Obscura is Connive, and the Brokers are the Shield Counters. Um, both of those things give counters to creatures. So the blue-white archetype cares about counters. Yeah. Uh, exotic pets here is one white-blue for an instant. Create two one-one blue fish creature tokens with this creature can't be blocked. Then for each kind of counter among creatures you control, put a counter of that kind on either of those tokens. So it cares about the counters you've put on other stuff and then adds them to these two unblockable creatures that it gives you. And like um, 
connive some so there are some cards in both obscura and bant that trigger on like dealing damage or attacking mm-hmm. so having some one one bodies that can't mm-hmm. be blocked lets you uh maximize those cards as well yep then we have the blue black mechanic mm-hmm. which isn't really a mechanic but sure <laughs> it's uh so this card is Snooping Newsy. It's blue That's black a weird name. for a 2-2. Mm-hmm. And when it enters the battlefield, you get to mill two cards. Mm-hmm. And as long as there are five or more mana values among cards in your graveyard, Snooping Newsy gets plus one, plus one, and has lifelink. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how like easy it's going to be to turn on this thing, which is the archetype for blue black. Um having five different mana values in your graveyard, but like two mana for a three, three lifelinkers pretty decent. Like that's pretty good. And Uh, uh, we're going to, we're going to call this out now. Snooping Newsy is a common. Oh, it is a common. So it's Hmm. not even the, the signpost uncommon for the, uh, with, with the amount of, with the amount of text on the card, it feels very (laughs) uncommon. It sure does. But yeah, the uh, Obscura and the Maestros are the two families that share blue and black. Um, Kanaev cares about looting, which is the Obscura mechanic, and that'll help you put different mana value cards in your graveyard. And then the Maestros let you sacrifice creatures, which also puts you know cards with different mana values in your graveyard. So both of those mechanics help to build this archetype. Next up, we... <laughs> Next up, we have uh, the Body Dropper. Yeah, Black Red. Uh, yes. The Maestros and the Riveters share this uh, color pair. Um, both mechanics sacrifice creatures. Um, the Maestros through... Um, oh. Uh, casualty. Casualty, that's the word I was looking for. And uh, the Riveters with the Blitz mechanic sacrifices... So the black red archetype is sacrifice. What does a what's body dropper do? It is whenever you sacrifice another creature, put a plus one plus one counter on body dropper, and then black red sacrifice another creature. Body dropper gains menace to end of turn. Yeah, that's pretty decent, I think. It is pretty decent. Two mana for a two two, and you give it a plus one plus one counter and menace when you sacrifice a creature. Yeah, um, seems pretty good. Also a common. Also a common. <laughs> that it is again there there just there's just so much going on on the commons nowadays it's like that has to be an yeah. uncommon no wild wild yeah i don't even i'm like scrolling through looking for the for the common or for the un, the gold uncommon yeah and black red i tell you what writing this section of the episode was really strange the way they like built this set it's weird yeah. We talk about the uncommon for this one later, so we're good. All right. So we've got uh, the green-red archetype, which is um, an archetype that we <laughs> often say is just like big idiots dot deck. Yeah. And uh, we have security rocks, which is two yeah. to green for a 5-4. Or two, sorry, two red-green for a 5-4. Yep. But you can just have it cost green-red if you uh, use... Treasure mana. Yeah, so the Riveters and the Cabaretti uh, share this color pair. 
this is according to Morrow, so they don't blame me for this. Uh, in the article where he outlined the limited archetypes for Streets of New Capenna, he says the mechanics for Riveters and Cabaretti both have to do with creatures. That makes the green-red archetype five-color treasures. Yep. Makes perfect sense. I, I don't know how five-color treasures is a green-red archetype. It's in the name that it's five colors. Um, and I don't know what th that has to do with creatures either. So your um, guess is as good as mine. So I think both red and green just have random creatures that make treasures. Yeah, I mean, they both care about treasures. And uh, this may sneakily end up being the best archetype. I've Be heard rumblings that uh, black red is the archetype to beat going in. Okay. But, it, I mean, it could be treasures also. Well, treasures just, is always powerful. Just like the... Like, a lot of times formats devolve into... Like, if the fixing is even close to good enough, just yeah. five-color pile. Yeah. Because you are in a situation where... You take all the best cards take, and worry about it later. Yeah, like, you're like, whatever. I don't have to worry about my seat too much. I just take powerful things, and then I just have to make sure I take all the cards that, like, randomly make treasures. Yeah. And, right, like... If I told you that you were going to have a 3-3 three, three Vigilant Trample that gave you a treasure for three, so you could play a black five drop mm -hmm. uh, on turn four, you would play that deck. Mm -hmm. Like, So wait, I'm, I'm a green card, yes. And then I can still get to play whatever mana card I want to next. Mm-hmm. Ahead of curve? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Like, yep. that ends up being the most powerful thing. Yeah. So... It might be like, you know, how Kaldheim, not Kaldheim, uh, well, Kaldheim was five-color soup, but um, Kamigawa has kind of turned into five-color soup, mm -hmm. where it was, like, aggressive initially, and now it's just kind of like, yeah, just, you can play anything you want, like, there's enough time. Yeah. So as long as, like, black-red is not super punishing, you might be able to just, like, lean on, like, I'm going to take the treasure makers, and then cast anything i want i mean especially if you get a bunch of undercosted beaters that like help you along the way that that does a lot towards slowing an aggro deck down yeah the um like the treasure makers are a lot of them are creatures so yeah. it's like i have a blocker and it ranked me mm -hmm. cool and hopefully if you're playing against an aggro deck like the worst you're gonna do is trade it for something you're not you're not gonna like have to chump against the aggro deck. Yeah, like, but again, you're like, I'm going to play my three drop and trade it. Yeah. And it made me a treasure, so I'm going to play my five. Yeah. And now I'm ahead of you with presumably a bigger body. And mm -hmm. so I, I get to win that way. Yep. All right. And then green-white is the mashup of uh, Cabaretti in which one? Brokers. Brokers. Okay, so this comes back yep. around to brokers. Yep. And the uh, Cabaretti, like we said, wants you to go wide. They care about things entering the battlefield. And then the brokers are shield counters. And according to Mark Rosewater, that makes the green white archetype citizen tribal. Awesome. Makes perfect sense. I'm in. Makes sense to me, sure. 
Um, I guess there's a lot of stuff that cares about citizens. There are some cards that care about citizens, make citizen tokens, are citizens, whatever. Uh, the example here that we have is Darling of the Masses. It's two green-white for a 2-4 elf citizen. Other citizens you control get plus one, plus zero. Oh. And whenever Darling of the Masses attacks, create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token. Actually, seems like a pretty good limited card. Yeah, like it's one of those cards. That, like if you can't trade with it, or yeah. you can't answer it for like a turn or two, you just lose. Yeah, it's like, keeps oh, making two ones. Yeah, I'm making all these two ones, and I guess you just die. Okay. Yeah. There's also yeah. like a chance that these gold cards might not go super highly because mm -hmm. people might prioritize being in the three color families initially. Especially like early on in the draft format. Um, I know we've talked on the show quite a bit and also we've had the conversation in discord about how like the limited, I guess I'll call it metagame kind of mm -hmm. shifts throughout the progression as it sets out. It starts off one way and then kind of morphs into something else. You mentioned Kamigawa kind of turned into five color soup and it very much was not five color soup. At the when, beginning, not at all. Yeah, when it started, it was kind of the opposite of that. It was that. very much like curve aggro. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe this kind of goes the same way where, you know, people are either excited about the prime families and want to do three color decks or um, don't understand like the limited format because it's very strange. Like the way they've broken this format down is very unlike anything they've ever done. So it might uh, might behoove you to put some time in early and with the information that we've kind of laid out here, at least you'll know what the archetypes are going in. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you can build your collection early if you get in, get in early enough before yeah. people kind of understand or figure on. out. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to move into more of the constructed cards that look interesting. Yep. And, um, we're going to start with the just monocolored cards and then move yep. into like the gold colored cards. Um, so the first one is what I threw on the list, which was Depopulate. Mm -hmm. So yep. it's two white white for a sorcery. Each player who controls a multicolored creature draws a card, then destroy all creatures. Yeah, so this is Shatter the Sky with a different criteria for the drawback. Yeah, Shatter the Sky was... Um, Thinking, thinking. Creatures of power for a yes, greater? Yes, for a greater. Yeah. And so this is multicolored creatures. There are, maybe not in standard, with a multicolored set being, you know, uh, played, but... Mm -hmm. Well, I is... mean, actually, there's a couple multicolored sets in standard right now, because Strixhaven was a multicolored set also. Fair, fair. So, But, like, this might be, like, bad Wrath of God... But if your opponent goes like planes into the the one two with training, mm -hmm. right? Like this is just Wrath of God. Mm -hmm. Yep, get them. Yeah, like it has no downside against like mono white or mono red or like mono green. Like those those decks just lose mm -hmm. all their permanence. And like going back a little ways, a lot of the creatures that see play are mono color because they're easier to cast. Yeah, like as you go back in time, there's less like multicolored creatures yeah i don't know what like the breakdown in uh pioneer is 
but you could def I could definitely see like this replacing like Shatter the Sky mm-hmm. because it may just be a situation where there aren't a lot of uh, multicolored uh, spells or multicolored creatures laying around. Mm-hmm. So that is something to uh, consider. I mean, the, the Niv deck is popular in Pioneer, right? Niv to White? I don't think it is anymore. Oh, okay. So, okay, the top creatures in uh, Pioneer. Uh, Bone Crusher Giant. So, of the top ten, uh, Kroxa is Kroxa and Death Tithe Harvester are the only two multicolored spells. All right. Yeah. Everything else is um, monocolored. Yep. Now, Elite Spellbinder is number nine, and that does make your four mana wrath six mana, which is a sad time. <laughs> it does. Yeah. But for the most part, um, it is it is a monocolored format. So uh, this is a, this like if you were playing um whatever what was the one we just said gosh i'm really with it uh the uh pioneer shatter shatter the sky oh shatter the sky yeah right? like depopulate might just be like a better option right you get their bone crusher giant without yeah. giving them a card mm-hmm. and yeah you get their uh uh goldspan dragon without letting them draw card. a card and like they were gonna draw a card off of crooks either way so of the the only creature that punishes you for playing depopulate over Shatter the Sky is Blood Type Harvester in the top mm-hmm. ten. So like I don't think that like this is probably saying strict upgrade is always hard, but it is a probably an upgrade. I mean, there's a world where you swap them out post board also. You run mm-hmm. one main deck and one in your sideboard and change them out as needed. So Voice of so you have Winota at fourteen, but Winota okay. gave gives your opponent a card either way, yeah. on either one. Voice of Resurgence is the one that doesn't. So Voice of Resurgence and Blood Type Harvester are the only two in the top twenty that Depopulate would give you them a card, and yeah. uh, the other one wouldn't. So yeah, this is probably or you have like a mix. You play two and two. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is a card that's going to see play going back. Yeah. All right, what's up next? Extraction Specialist. It's a 2 and a white for a 3-2 human rogue with lifelink. And when Extraction Specialist enters the battlefield, return target creature with mana value 2 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature can't attack or block for as long as you control Extraction Specialist. So it's kind of a weird reanimate spell that like locks the creature up until it leaves the battlefield. I mean, it's clearly because the extraction specialist is carrying them. As well, right? Creature. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, it it is a card that like is just like enough value, mm-hmm. right? Where what is the uh, uh, is it Renegade Rallyer? Is that the yeah. green white version? That's yep. any permanent. Like that yeah. card is almost good enough mm-hmm. in a lot of situations. I mean, that card was good enough for a little while. Let's yeah. not play in modern. Right. So like you could definitely see, you know, imagine you're playing against like control and you have mm-hmm. a Thalia and they kill it. And then you just extraction specialist 
Now you have your Thalia attacks again and a 3-2. So they have to like sweep you or, you know, kill your Thalia again. Yeah. Right, like things like that. Is there any like combo potential here? Um, Are there any like two mana value creatures that are like, you know, big beaters that make you sacrifice something when they come into play? Um, because that would be like everything wrapped up in one. You pay three mana, get your big nerd back, sacrifice this to it. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I was when you were mentioning that I was trying to think of, like, I was thinking like charming prince. Where you would, like play this blanket, get something else. Oh, that's else. cute. Like you yeah, could get like too. you could get two things. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's like a. I mean, unless you get a Kroxa back. No, you don't get to keep it, but like you get to get another yeah, trigger off your Kroxa. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's like a, a big like. Like it doesn't take care of your uh, your Frexian Dreadnought issue. You would still have to sack a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, what is um, Mere Superior? Mm, I'm not not familiar with that one. Uh, it is a two mana five five. Um, that you can only cast if it had if you spent mana uh, produced by creatures, and it's a five six for two mana. Um, so you have a big idiot that can't attack or block so that didn't mm-hmm. really do but you can think of your little three two is carrying a five six robot which i don't know yeah. it's fine <laughs> um i don't know i don't i didn't look to see i was just more thinking of like this is just like a reasonable value card and you know kind of grindy thing you know Seder wayfinder get back a Seder wayfinder kind of deal oh yeah that's pretty cool you're like hit a land oh i threw a Seder wayfinder in or i chump blocked with it get another land with this um this gets back asmo oh yeah it does uh a dryad arbor yeah blood tithe harvester yeah i mean a blood tithe harvest yeah that's just like your removal spell you just like kill your thing with my blood tithe harvester get it back do it again yep yeah no it's one of those cards that has enough kind of going on that is interesting and yeah. like it doesn't have the uh, restriction of being like, because uh, Renegade Rallyer, like it was Revolt and it was two colors, right? This is just yeah. a single color. Um, Fairy Imposter is a one mana two one with flying, and when it enters the battlefield, you sacrifice it unless you return another creature you control to its owner's hand. Oh, so you can Extraction Specialist get it back. Yep. I don't know. So it's just, an, as we've gone through all these things, it's just an interesting card. Yeah. So I think that it's it's one of those things to like keep an eye out on. I don't know if I'd run out and buy them, right? Because you know, we could miss and it'd just be yeah. 50 cents or a quarter. It's interesting, or though. It's a, a lot of times when we go into like a set release, we're looking for cards that do something kind of unique. This does something kind of unique. It does. Right? Could you imagine like late game collected companying into this? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I get all, all of the all value of the now. things. I get uh, everything. Minotaur Explorer. Oh no, that's not it. That won't work. That's discard a card. Boom! Discard a card. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm like trying to like scroll through uh what's it called right now? Uh Scryfall. Yeah. I think uh, I'm almost almost through Scryfall. Okay. Uh Quickling does the same thing, sacrifice it unless you return a creature. So you get a two two flyer and then bounce this to get something else. But like even a card like Felidar Cub, right? Mm-hmm. You sacrifice to destroy an enchantment. Okay. If you yep. need like this lets you rebuy that. So like any creature that sacrifices for like a reasonable ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is... it becomes instantly more uh more desirable. Yes, because or like Goblin Crater Maker. You're like, okay, cool, like blow up your colorless thing or like deal two damage to a creature, get it back, mm-hmm. get to do it again, because you don't care if it attacks, it's just a spell at that point. Right. Yeah. But we've not found we've not found a way to like break it yet. We'll keep no, looking not for wide you, open, though. but yeah, we'll and I mean, Wizards you. keeps printing new cards, right? Yeah, there's gonna be a two mana eight eight or something ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right, ready for the next one? Let's go. Giada, Font of Hope. This is a card. This oh. is a card. Yeah, one in a white for a two-two legendary angel with flying and vigilance. It's a a whole lot of keywords for a two mana two two for a bear um, it also has each other angel you control enters, enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it for each angel you already control and it's a mana dork for angels you can tap it to add a white to cast an angel so there was a time in pioneer and in historic that like green white angels was yeah. one of the top decks. And it wasn't like, that long ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. And like the two drops were like Bishop of Wings and then stuff I don't remember. Yeah. Right? Like this just seems better. Mm-hmm. And also, this is um the most commanderiest commander card to ever commander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Like I've heard it described as the single best angel commander, like leader, period. Uh, I'm sure, yeah. Right, like, because I think the other one that gets used is like Lyra, mm-hmm. and this is just better. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those cards that, if you were listening to the pre-show, we were like, "Why is this card thirty-five dollars?" This is a card that will have a significant amount of value. Yeah, just because it's a desirable commander. Yeah, because people are just going to want to use it as their angel commander. Yeah, but like forbid if you open one that's like foil, gold, gilded, whatever. Yeah, full like full art foil. Yeah, um, like I would, I could see like, uh, you know, in a mono white angel deck where you're like Mm -hmm. this into resplendent angel. Well, I mean, there was a time, like, in this standard where black-white angels was a thing. Yeah, like, this card just is is kind of everything you want. Yeah. Like, it makes every... And it's, like, so your first, your three-drop angel that you play is plus one, plus one. Well, it's also not a three-drop, it's a four-drop. Yeah, it can be a four. Then your next angel gets two counters. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, oh, wow. Like, it just grows and grows and grows. Like, they play, like, two angels. Like, you've just, like, been completely and totally outscaled. 
Oh yeah. What is youthful Valkyrie? The two drop. Yep. That like gets a counter when you play an angel. Mm-hmm. You play it's this. Huge. You play this. It gets a counter. Then you play another one. That one gets a gets a two counters for the two angels you already have. Plus the first one gets another counter. So yeah. you just played like two two mana three fives. Get Seems in there. Pretty good. Yeah. It's like, do you do you have a do you have depopulate? Oh, you don't. You have depopulate. <laughs> You're dead. So, yeah. yeah, this is a card that is going to have value and probably see play, if not like in tier one decks and like one point five or tier two decks. It's just going to be a card that's always around. Uh, I'm one of the decks I'm going to build after this set releases on Arena is Black White Angels with this thing in there. Okay. Just just to kind of play around. I mean, I'm not expecting it to be a tier one deck, but I think it'll, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Next up, we have a patch up. Patch up. Yeah, two and a white for a sorcery. Return mm-hmm. up to three target creatures uh, with total mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah. Call the Did Death... you want another another Call the Death Dweller? Exactly. Call of the Death Dweller was a perfectly playable card. Mm-hmm. This is Call of the Death Dweller. Yep, more or less. I mean, you don't get the Menace yep. or Death Touch counters, but it's the rest of the card. Yeah, in white. Right. So it's it's just a card that's, is, again, another card that's going to see play. There's going to be a deck that comes mm-hmm. up around it. Um. Mm-hmm. Right now in Pioneer, the there's the Esper. Well, I've seen it in Abzan, uh, Grease Fang decks mm-hmm. that are uh, that play. Uh, oh gosh, the Strike, the the Black White Reanimated Creature. Mm-hmm. Right, like this is that card. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 one more mana, but easier to cast. Yep. So. Like, this card's going to have a home somewhere. Yep, I agree. And it's an uncommon, so... Yeah, it's not going to be super-duper expensive, but it's just going to be a card that's going to find play. Yep. Time for the blues. On to blue. And boy, do I have an offer you can't refuse. I like it. Yeah. It's a blue mana for an instant. Counter-target non-creature spell. Its controller creates two treasure tokens. Now, why is this a card worth talking about? Uh, because Swan Song got played. Yeah. A pretty Absolutely. good amount. Yeah. It saw a lot of play. I mean, it still sees play. One mana protection spell for, you know, whatever combo you're trying to force through. Like, it doesn't really matter what the drawback is. And, like, in some decks, there are some decks that can use that Swan against you. Um, I mean, I have certainly won games by attacking with a swan somebody gave me. It's a lot harder to attack with a treasure token. Yeah, the only... The only... Okay, I just looked. Swan Song's $15. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The only difference is, right, if your opponent is tapping out and you swan song them, they can't mm-hmm. use the swan to then cast another cast spell. Out quench or something yeah yeah where here you're giving them enough mana to negate you right so i think that's the big difference but like if you feel pretty confident that you're like i just need this to resolve mm-hmm. like this is 
this does that job just fine. Yep. So I agree. It's yeah. an it'll be an important card. I think so. It will push through combos. Yep. Next up, the blue. Reservoir Kraken. Yes. Two blue blue for a six six. That's not a lot of mana for a six six. It is not. It has Trample and Ward two, so it has evasion and protection as well. At the beginning of each combat, if Reservoir Kraken is untapped, any opponent may tap an untapped creature they control. If they do, tap Reservoir Kraken and create a 1-1 blue fish with this creature can't be blocked. Um, as a general rule, Punisher mechanics are bad. Mm-hmm. Right, You don't want to give your opponent a lot of agency. Mm-hmm. Right, So this they get to like choose like, all right, I'm going to tap which the worst of my creatures to tap your six, mm-hmm. six trample ward to and give you and make a one, one un- unblockable fish and just be like, I'll deal with the fish later. It's better yeah. than taking six. On the other I mean, hand, I don't know. I was just going to say how many fish there are circumstances. Somewhere? Yeah. I mean, not many before it doesn't matter anymore. Like, I mean, better blossom was like banned in modern for some amount of time. Like three? Yeah. And then they're just dying to fish? Right. So they're either going to die to the fish or die to the kraken. Yeah. Um, if they're tapping a creature every turn, that's one less creature they can attack you with, even if it's a bad creature. And like I said, Bitter Blossom was banned. If they're yeah. tapping this thing down, it's just Bitter Blossom that doesn't hit you for a point of life every turn. Um. Yeah. This card also has some interesting utility, I think, against control decks. Like, maybe not going back in time, but like in standard. Um, a four mana 6-6 six, six trampler is pretty above curve. Mm-hmm. A control deck probably isn't going to have creatures to make use of the drawback. And Ward 2 is going to make it kind of hard to deal with. They re- like, they're really leaning on depopulate at that point. So... And I think if you can, you know, manage your board to a point where, you know, they use their depopulate either to take care of your board outside of this or just this, like that's probably a net win for you. Yeah. Um, another thing is you could see this kind of like in a tempo show mm-hmm. where like they have one creature and you fading hope it. Yeah. Right. Where you're just like, okay, I'm not going to give you any time. I've got like, you know three bounce spells and I'll just keep bouncing something so you can't tap it and just beat yeah. you down with it. Yep. I think we still have uh there's a bounce spell in was it Zendikar? We got like into the Royal or mm-hmm. into so the Royal There are more tempo spells also. And then there's the weird um oh gosh, what is it? It's one of the Forgotten Realms ones that's modal that's like bounce a creature or something gets unblockable. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So there's a number of them. You know, if you have a couple other threats that, like, you want to just, like, get something out of the way and get in mm-hmm. some damage, like, this could be kind there's, of, like, um, the top end of your tempo curve. Like, Network Specialist kind of does the same job, too. If you Network mm-hmm. Specialist tap their guy, yeah, then they don't have an opportunity to tap this thing. Yeah, so you're just, like, get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, this could be... A, it's an interesting uh, card. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not saying it's like the best card in the set or anything, but I thought it was interesting and worth talking about. 
Yeah, and the fact that you get the one ones, like you said, like there comes a point where they they really matter. Yeah, yeah, they build up quick. All right, so next up, security bypass. Speaking of a tempo deck, yeah, mono blue poopers. Yeah, one in a blue for uh, enchantment aura. Enchant creature, as long as enchanted creature is attacking alone, it can't be blocked. Enchanted creature has, whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, it connives. So you loot, and then if you discard a spell, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So I think this goes in, like, two decks. It's kind of the, like, Curious Obsession card Mm -hmm. for, like, a mono blue or blue splash another color tempo deck. Mm-hmm. Or it's kind of a boggly card. Yeah. Right. Where Especially you're... if you have like a bunch of shield counters laying around. Yeah. But it like makes your thing bigger. Yep. Each time. So like you just need to get in a few hits and then your creature kind of gets out of control without yep. you really putting like any additional resources on it. Mm hmm. Right, you're like, oh, here's you my- find whatever you're missing too, whether it's protection or more gas or whatever. Yeah, you're like, oh, here's my two two. Oh no, now it's a three three. Now it's a four yeah. four. Like, you know, one or two more hits and the game's over. Mm-hmm. So you like really shorten the game with this, with like yeah. anything that is like reasonable. I think like a tempo deck might be kind of awkward because I think the tempo deck role in standard right now is kind of ninjas. Mm-hmm. And this really doesn't play very well with ninjas. Um, like you're not going to play this on a creature to make it unblockable and then return that creature to your hand to ninja something out because then you just lose this and it didn't do anything for you. Yeah. So that might make it kind of awkward. Agreed. But the same could be said for the Reservoir Kraken too. Like if you're playing that in a tempo shell, like that really doesn't fit with the ninjas theme either. Yeah. Although I guess like, that would make it easier for your ninjas to get through if they're having to tap down your big guy every turn. Yeah. Where and like you can it's, it's turn just the like, token to your hand, the unblockable token. Yeah, it's just kind of a uh oh gosh, what is the word? It's just like an icy manipulator. Yeah. So maybe. Oh hey, right, so we got the blue swords to plowshares. Yeah, one more blue card. Witness protection. Uh blue mana for uh enchantment aura enchant creature. Enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a green and white citizen creature token with base power and toughness 1-1 named legitimate business person. I am a totally legitimate business person. Nothing to see here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's basically just source of plowshares. Yeah, I mean, they get like a chump block out of your, out of it, but you've taken Mm -hmm. their 7-7 and turned it into a 1-1. With no abilities. Yeah. So, like, you just... It makes your life way easier. And it's yep. super... It's super cheap. And this thing's common for all yeah. you popper players. Yeah. No, it's, it's it seems like a pretty solid card. Yeah. Uh, if a tog was still legal, it would just turn a tog into a 1-1. That's right. Legit, total legitimate business, a tog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do not eat any artifacts. I am totally nope. legitimate. Totally legitimate. All right. Uh, next up, we got a, a solid name in black. <laughs> very, very punny name. Very punny. This is the Nightclubber. Uh, one black, black for a 2 2 human warrior. 
When Night Clubber enters the battlefield, creatures your opponents control get neg one, neg one till end of turn, and it has blitz for two and a black. So the same as the casting cost, but easier to cast. It does the same thing and replaces itself. Yeah, so like I almost feel like the the blitz mode, you'd almost use um almost like a control deck, right? Like a suffocating fumes that also draws a card. Mm-hmm. Right, you're like, okay, I'll kill a few tokens and then get my card back. Seems pretty yeah. solid. I mean, th- this card is super solid if the neg one, neg one matters. Yeah, thank um, you. I don't know, like, how much that's going to matter. Although, like, the Envil decks have a lot of one ones in them. They do. I was going to say, like, you know, it's kind of... Um, on one hand, it's like Plague Mare, which like saw no play. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it has a lot of um, what's his name, uh, Chain Whirler in it. Yeah, right. Like if it's a if it's a card that gets played a lot, or if there's a bunch of one ones in yeah. the format, Night Clever becomes really good and pushes the one ones out of the format or the X ones out of the format. Yeah, this is actually a lot closer to Chain Whirler because it's only creatures your opponents control. Yeah. So it doesn't kill off all your stuff. Yeah, so you can, like, use it as a way to, like, control, uh, like, Paulo's, right? Whatever that mm-hmm. card. Elite Spellbinder, right? They play, like, an yeah. Elite Spellbinder and, like, okay, well, I'll just, just kill it with a Night Clubber and move on with my life and have a 2-2 yeah. two, two left over. It also kills a Luminarch Aspirant. Like, if they put the counter somewhere else. Kills a Thalia. Yep. Right. And also, like, with the Blitz and, and the cast, right, like, it doesn't get taxed by Thalia like a like a right. spell would. Yep. So, like, I could see this, like, against, like, Mono White as just, like, a card that comes in and makes their mm-hmm. life a little bit more difficult. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it's a solid card. But I think Crazy it's... Crazy how far we've come. Like, yeah. Goblin Chain Whirler was format warping. Yeah, and Night Clubber is easier to cast and replaces itself. And like, it's probably just okay. Common. It's just an uncommon. That's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah, I, it's one of those things that like its value is like wholly based on like how the format the plays format out. Is. Yeah, right. Like it is one of those things that it it can't ever get too too good because mm-hmm. the decks around it that make it good go away when it gets right. really good. Where like yep. Chain Whirler was also just a reasonable enough body on its own mm-hmm. that like you could play it even if you weren't getting like max value. Yeah, I mean this is way worse. It's just a three mana two two is yeah, not good. Not Gray good. Ogre is not where you want to be in twenty twenty two. No. Next up, the fixed Death Shadow. Yeah. Okay. Shadow of Mortality, thirteen black black. That's a lot of mana. For a 7-7 avatar. If your life total is less than your starting life total, this spell costs X less to cast, where X is the difference. So at 7 life, this costs green, green. Black, black. 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 Gosh, black, 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 sorry. Costs black, black. Um, I am not interested in ever casting this spell. No, what do you want to do with this card? Calibrated Blast, baby. Boom! 15. Also, uh, Hedetsugu. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, I kind of want to do that in standard. 
Um, again, <laughs> Saffron Olive had a deck where he was, the biggest thing in standard was um, the 10 mana like burn spell that like deals 10. Yeah. So the goal was to like flip it with Hedetsugu and then convoke it mm-hmm. with your creatures and kill them. So he played a bunch of tokens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like this is just like a 15U with Hedetsugu. Oh, I got in some chip damage. Now you have the sweat. Oh, you're dead. Now you're going to die. But, like, yep. this is the... It's now tied with Emrakul for the highest casting cost. Yep. Right? So, like, if you're playing a Calibrated Blast deck, you just play these uh, one of these now. This is also great sideboard tech against... Uh, uh, what's it? Hideous Laughter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I will flip two cards. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, um, I've been playing a Grixis reanimator deck with like a pile of seven drops to reanimate. Yeah. And I like my opponent will like cast hideous laughter and I'll mill like five cards. Yeah. And I'll be like, See, sorry. I mill oh. like 30 something cards in my anvil deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that card just wrecks me. Yeah. No, it, it in, uh, in reanimator, it's just like, Oh, that's cute. Like you can never beat me with that card. Yeah. Had someone like cast one today, like copy it. So they cast two and I think they milled like 15 cards total between mm. the two of them. Just like, oops, sorry. <laughs> you picked the wrong weapon here. Yeah. All right. We got uh, two more black cards. Okay. What's this one? Shake down heavy. Two and a black for a 6-4 Ogre Warrior with Menace. Whenever Shakedown Heavy attacks, defending player may have you draw a card. If they do, untap Shakedown Heavy and remove it from combat. Is this a cycle? Um, Is there like a Punisher cycle? I don't know. I didn't think there were ones in other colors. There's a green one, right? Is Isn't there? the Topiary Stomper? It's not a Punisher. They, they don't get a choice. That's true. But I wonder if there's like a cycle of, you of know, these? big creatures with downside. Yeah. I guess I, I didn't look in white or I, red. I had not I had not noticed it, but yeah. you know, I do not know for sure. Um so I think we talked about this before, maybe in a pre show or something. Mm-hmm. And I think we described it it's somewhere near uh uh what's his name? Reggie. Reggie. Yeah. Right. Where Reggie? I don't think it's quite Reggie. No, Reggie was a seven. Uh, was a seven six. Yeah. Vanilla, and you discarded a card. Mm-hmm. Right. But they always kind of had to like either take seven or feed a creature to it. Yeah. Here, like, you're they're not having to feed creatures to it, but they're having to feed you cards. Mm-hmm. And, Which I mean, that could be super dangerous as well. Yeah. It's a kind of a snowball problem, much like we talked about the Reservoir Kraken, where there's only so many 1-1s they can give you before the 1-1s are a problem. Um, a card is worth more than an unblockable 1-1, just in general. Yeah. So there, there's really only so many cards they can give you before whatever you draw becomes more of a problem than the Shakedown Heavy is. I mean, imagine if you have two of these, you know, drag, drawing two cards a turn. Yeah. Like that's not y- yeah. you will win that game because they have to deal with this thing eventually. Yeah. 
Um, and like you said, I think we talked about it already. I don't remember if it was in the pre-show or the actual show, but um, thoughts hadn't changed. It's yeah. just keep an eye on it. I think it's solid. So yeah, it's like I said, it's if there's like a mono black aggro deck, which this plus our next card, yeah. kind of like set up that there might be one. Yeah, like that's what I was just gonna say. It seems like this is a card that would fit in that, and you know, does the right stuff, like kind of punishes your opponent and makes it so they have to deal with it eventually, and then you have a full grip. Mm-hmm. So what's the uh, what's the next card that is also a black aggro card? Abs. Yeah. I mean, a, a tenacious. Tassiger. Yeah, Tassiger. This guy. This guy, no bananas, no carbs in this man's <laughs> life. This guy's living yeah. a carb-free lifestyle. This is uh, if Tessiger and Oko had a love child, it would be Tenacious Underdog. It would. It would. All right. So we've got Tenacious Underdog, one in the black for a creature, human warrior, rare. It is a 3-2 for two. Hmm. And it has Blitz, two black, black, pay two life. All and right. you may cast Tenacious Underdog from your graveyard using its Blitz ability. Wait, so this is a 2-mana 3-2 in black with no downside? None. In fact, All only right. upside. Insane. In Welcome to 2022. Um, so this, like, slots into, like, any mono black aggro deck? Yeah. Right, it's your early beater, and then it's also a card advantage engine. Mm-hmm. Late, that's also like trying to three your opponent. Yeah, right. So, like, how does a like control deck deal with this card if they don't exile it? You're Rest like attack, attack you for three, attack you for three. Oh, you killed it. Yeah. I'll pay four and two life. Attack you for three. I'll draw a card. Right, like that just seems like they're in such a bad spot with this mm-hmm. card. Yeah. Um it's also big enough that like it crews vehicles, right? It's mm-hmm. it's scrap heap scrounger sized. It is. I, yeah, I mean it's basically scrap heap scrounger. Yeah, and that like draws a card. You know, scrap heap scrounger doesn't comes, eat your graveyard. It comes back a little bit easier. But like I think mm-hmm. you probably play both of them. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay, like when the scrounger's good, I'll bring it back. When this is good, like late game, when I just have a bunch of mana, I'll just bring yeah. this back. Yep. You know, the downside is, is like it doesn't stay on the battlefield like scrounger, but it gets to block, unlike scrappy it, scrounger. Uh, it doesn't get the block. Well, at least when it when it's uh when you play it for two, it does. Yeah, like, when you play it the first time, it does. Yeah, like against like mono red or something, you can play it on two and be like block. Yeah. Scrap Hate Scrounger, you were just like, take four. I yeah. will take four here because he's not doing yeah. anything. So it, it at least gets to block in the early game and then like late game. And the fact that it just is a card draw engine mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. So yeah, this card does a lot. Yeah, it's solid. I dig it. All right, now we're on to the red cards. On to red cards. And we have a professional face breaker. Sweet. Two and a red for a 2-3 with Menace. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create a treasure token. You can sacrifice a treasure token to exile the top card of your library, and you can play that card this turn. 
So this turns your treasure tokens into impulse draw. Mm -hmm. And also makes treasure tokens to ramp you or use for impulse draw. Um, seems like it does an awful lot for three mana. So I don't know. I thought it was pretty neat. I know I'm not sure if there's like a medium or bigger red deck right now, um, but this would definitely slot into something like that. Um, in like standards past, something like was it on crop crasher mm -hmm. was like a playable three drop. I know that had haste and you know made it hard to block, but this kind of does the opposite where it gasses you back up and kind of forces your opponents to block. And I mean, this also gives you like a curve of like two drop into this, get in with your two, make a treasure, make a treasure. And then you're like gold span dragoning on four. Yeah. Right. I mean, there was like an entire deck built around gold span dragoning Ooh. on like two or three. So gold span dragon would make two treasures for four mana. Mm hmm. It seems kind of nuts. And I mean, what if you're two's Magda? Yeah. Like, if you're on the play and they don't play something on, on two, on, like, one or two, you're just like, Magda, attack, get a treasure, yeah, or play treasures. this, attack with Magda, get two treasures. Yeah. Like, you're you're set up pretty well. You've got cards stored away. You've got mana. Yeah. Kind of everything you could want. So, yeah, like, this probably um, uh, has some sort of home. And like a mono red aggressive deck, like if this is kind of your top or like the thing you bring in kind of against control, mm -hmm. where you're like, I'm going to save up some treasures and use this to, like you said, gas back up. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I mean, it powers itself. Yeah. Right. Like we also have some treasure support too. We still have Kalein and mm -hmm. uh, Shambling Ghast. Yeah. And Deadly so. Dispute. And Deadly Dispute. Yeah. Deadly so, Dispute, draw three cards. <laughs> yeah. Seems pretty good. Never miss a land drop again. Nope, Seems never pretty ever. Good. Oh, it's also, man. Can it you is... imagine, like, Shambling Guest, and then, like, this thing, or Kalane, this thing, Deadly Dispute, your Shambling Guest? Yeah, you just, like, have four cards off your Shambling Guest? Just did it all. You're fine. I'll win this yeah. game somehow. I've drawn enough. It's fine. Yeah. And with yeah. uh, Kalane, this might be a 3-4. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I also want to point out real quick that uh, we may have some warrior shenanigans. Mm. I hadn't noticed that until just now, but uh, lots of warriors. Yeah. Um, kind of goes if there's with anything the, that with pays the... off for warriors right now. Well, I mean, but... all, the, all the samurai stuff, a lot of it from oh that's ago, true cared about warriors or samurai also um the coward guy the coward guy the two mana three one. Oh Makes... yeah 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 that like turns things into cowards turns yeah. things into cowards yeah um also like why can't he just have been human boxer <laughs> human <laughs> athlete like yeah. I mean, th this guy could have been a boxer too. He's obviously in a boxing ring. Yes, obviously. Yeah, could Next, have been a boxer. 
Next up, we have the continuation of a random predator showing up on planes. <laughs> uh, I think you missed one. I did? You did. Oh, I did. Unlucky witness. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so this is a one mana or just red mana for a one one. Yep. And when it dies, exile the top two cards of your library until your next end step. You may play one of those cards. Sacrifice fodder. Sacrifice. Deadly dispute. Drop four cards. You get to play three of them. Mm hmm. Another yeah, never miss your land drop again. Yep. Right. And because it's like until your next end step. Right, you sacrifice this on their turn. You have all of your mana, the following right. turn to uh, to use. Or like if you block, mm -hmm. you have all of your mana the next turn to pick one of those two cards to play. Yep. Card Solid utility is good. creature. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a card that has too much text for a one mana card to not be good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now right. we have your Praetor. Now we have a random Praetor. Yep. So this is Urabrask Heretic Praetor for three red red for a four four hasty boy. Mm -hmm. He seems wildly undercosted or overcosted for what we've been getting. Like a five mana four four haste that doesn't have evasion seems eh. Well, read the rest of the card though. <clears throat> so at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You may play this card this turn. So basically mm -hmm. he is a howling mind for you, kind of. Right. And then at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, the next time they would draw a card this turn, instead exile the top card of their library, they may play this card this turn. So it makes it so they don't get to like put Keep cards the card. in their hand. Yeah. You know what they have and you know they have to play it that turn. Yep. So it's I don't know. I think the first ability is good. I'm less sold on the second. It's awkward that it doesn't do anything when it comes down. Yes. Like, it's just a five mana 4-4 four, four with haste. It doesn't, like, eat a creature or draw you a card or do something. Like, everything nowadays has to do something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... Think about Questing Beast, right? Now, Questing Beast was, like, ridiculous, but it was a 4-mana four 4-4 four, four with, like, a pile of keywords and a pile of text. Mm -hmm. And this, like, has a keyword, and the text is okay. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But, like, if they exile a removal spell, like, you didn't get an extra card out of it. Right. Right, they just kill your thing and they move on. Maybe they took yep. four. Yeah, and they probably traded up on mana. Yeah. You traded down on mana. They traded up on mana. Yeah, so it seems like it's not It seems not good enough, which is wild yeah. to say for our mythic Praetor. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like they've been safe with all of these. Yeah. Is there, um, is there anything that, like, requires opponents to play cards from their hand, though? Like, I know there there is an older formats, but it, there's nothing, like, in standard or historic. No, Draneth Magistrate, like, left. Yeah. That was that was kind of the card. Uh, I mean, that, that would be a really awkward deck anyway. Red, red White Prison, man. Um, Containment Priest? That's gone too, right? Yeah, Containment Priest is just, like, if a card would enter from 
graveyard or deck. I thought if it wasn't cast, Maybe if a creature not... would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast. But this is still casting it, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. I yeah. Sorry, Herbrask. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, there's just not a not a whole lot of uh, love for you, buddy. Yeah. I also totally read this wrong the first time I read it. Okay. I thought it said you may play it this turn instead of they may play it this turn. I, I almost read it that way when I was reading the card. Yeah. I was like, oh, so am I going to get to? No, they get to play it. Yeah. Would so. be way better if this narsetted your opponent as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't It doesn't even narset them because like, it only gets their first card draw each turn. Well, I mean, most of the time they only draw one card a turn. Yeah, but like against like a control player, like yeah. they still get to like, you know, if they were to like to cast a uh, Behold the Multiverse and they just exiled the two cards and they had to use them that turn, yep. right, that'd be way better for you against control. Mm-hmm. But just their first card, still annoying for them, but if it's like a land, they just play the land and they're just like, okay, cool. I was going to do that anyway. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't think he gets there. Yeah, probably not. All right, we got one more red card here. Oh, the Witty Roastmaster, who is the literally... Witty Roastmaster. I don't know how witty it is to be literally setting someone's face on fire. <laughs> that doesn't strike me as wit. That strikes me as, like, terrorism. But, hey, what do I know? Yep. This is a two and a red for a three-two, so kind of at rate. Um, but it has alliance. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Witty Roastmaster deals one damage to each opponent. So it's Impact Tremors on a body. Yeah. Um, Impact Tremors sees play. Impact Tremors is an expensive card. It is. Or a common from cons. Yeah, I think Witty Roastmaster, it's more fragile and, a, yeah. and like one mana more expensive, but it like does a unique thing that not other other cards don't do yeah and those are always the thing we look out for so like it's also a common yeah so popper people line yeah. on up that's right like you have eight impact tremors in your deck yep probably enough get to ready to thing. have your wits roasted exactly yep all right time to go to green on to green we have a wildly unplayable commander card but wildly playable in Commander. Yeah. Um, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if this saw play in some sort of deck. It's weird enough that it might. Yeah, I agree. It's a bootlegger's stash. Five and a green for an artifact. Lands you control have tap create a treasure token. Um, Imagine a world where you have, oh gosh, what is it called? Wilderness Reclamation. Whew. Oh, man. Yeah, you like make six treasures. Yeah. Reclamation, untap, make six more treasures. Yeah. And then your next turn, like on your end step, you have 24 mana. Where you yeah. just have I 18 mean, mana on your turn. Also, <laughs> like, you can kind of do the same thing with um, fires, right? Because you're not really oh, using you're not, you're your, not your using mana, mana for fires, you just turn it into treasures. Um, this also, I mean, it's super janky combo, but it kind of combos with, um, oh, what's that card? Reckless Fire Weaver? 
Oh, yeah, that too. That's not the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of Revel in Riches. Oh, yeah. Like, you just get to Revel Riches, people? Yeah, you just win the game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to win the game now. I will tap all of my lands to move to the win the game step. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They used to call them, like, storage lands. Mm -hmm. Used to see play, where you could just, like, put counters on lands to kind of save your mana as a mana sink. This does absolutely that, while also turning it into... A game object that may or may not be relevant. Right. It triggers all of your artifact under the battlefield stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, what was that card? The 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 one mana like from cons. It was like whatever a permanent came into the, comes into the battlefield, your opponent mills. Oh yeah, that, that wasn't from cons. That was from was it from cons? Oh yeah, alter the brood. Right. Alter the brood. That's it. Yeah. 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 Um, yep, that like, does it too. So, like, you're just getting all of these artifacts coming into the battlefield. So, like, anything that cares about artifacts entering this does does that thing just fine. Yep. Yeah, I don't think there's a standard home for it, but I definitely think it's, like, the commanderiest commander card. Yeah, it's super, super expensive to see play in standard, I think, at six mana. Yeah, so um, I, I tapped out for I six would... mana and did nothing. Yeah, I would not be surprised if this was a great hench, though. Oh where it's yeah, just random green mythic artifact that's like forty dollars. Yeah, like, so be ready for that. See that. Um, next up we have evolving door. Yeah, two and a green for another artifact. Weird that there's two green artifacts on our list. Uh, has one tap it, sacrifice a creature, count the colors of the sacrificed creature, then search your library for a creature card that's exactly that many count colors plus one. Exile that card, shuffle, you can cast the exiled card, activate only as a sorcery. One, the templating here is wildly awful. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, I don't know how you're supposed to do it. Sack a creature, like, I don't know. Get yeah. a creature that is X plus one color. Uh, the, the number of colors of that of the sacrifice creature just reads better, but yeah. whatevs. Um, it's a weird birthing pod. It is. It, it's not great that you don't just get the creature. You still have to cast it. Oh. Okay, yeah. And it's sorcery speed? So you can't, like, save a creature or, like, get some value out of a creature in combat or in response to a removal spell or a sweeper or something. So, like, really the only place this is going to see any play is if there's combo potential, I think. And I don't know that I don't there's see how, combo yeah, potential. Yeah, having to cast it. Yeah. But it doesn't say you may cast the exile card, like, till the end of your turn. No, it just says you can cast it. So, you, like, they can just hang out there. And then you I think can, that's correct. I think, unless there was like some like rules update that I don't know about. But the way I'm reading it, it seems like it just is going to hang out there. But um, I could be, I could yeah. be wrong. I mean, we can read the uh, the rules update when it. I don't think the rules update's out yet, but we can read it when it comes out. Yeah, like it's just is this like one of those things where they ran out of space and they couldn't and they forgot to put till end of turn. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. But, yeah, like, I guess, like, 
it is it is a super safe birthing pod. Mm-hmm. And we already have safe birthing pod a couple times over at this point, I think. Yeah, and none of them are super playable. Other than Pyro of yeah. Heroes and Dwarf Insects. <laughs> dwarf Bugs. Dwarf Bugs. That's that's the only one that's even close to playable. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I really can't think of any super good uses for this. I mean... The only thing that comes to mind is some sort of shenanigans with like hybrid creatures, mm-hmm. but I don't e- I don't even know what you do for that. Yeah, like, is there like some sort of weird? The only thing I can think of is oh gosh, and it's not even a, a creature. Uh, Doctor Foundry, where it's like I think it's black and then blue white hybrid, so it's three colors, but it's only two mana. Yeah, it's only a two drop. Yeah, so like I don't there aren't any cards like that in this set. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I'm only three mana, but I'm actually five colors. So yeah. you can go get like your Niv Mizzet and then cast it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I would not sure what to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. Next right. next up. A plant dinosaur. Which I don't know how you make make a plant dinosaur. But we have plant dinosaurs here. You never been to the gardens where they carve the bushes? Yeah, but like then the plant dinosaur never like walks down like Main Street. Well, I mean you've never been to Nuka Pena either. I've not. I've not. (laughs) So we have Topiary Stomper. So one green green for a plant dinosaur, as we've already brought up, Mm -hmm. that has vigilance. Mm -hmm. Uh that's a four 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 four. Yeah. When it enters the battlefield, you get to search your library for a basic land card and put it on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. And then Topiary Stomper can't attack or block unless you control seven or more lands. Um, I kind of sneakily think this card is good. I also kind of sneakily think this card is good. I think this card is better than people give it credit for. Like, um... It is, on some level, not not all the way, but it's uh, uh, Beanstalk Giant. Kind of. Right, where Beanstalk Giant, right, what, what did we like about Beanstalk Giant? It was your ramp spell and your payoff in one card. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, a 4-4 isn't much of a payoff. But, like, you don't have to then dump seven mana into it. Right. Right? And if a deck, like, if a ramp deck exists, right, like, isn't the curve you want Topiary Topiary Stomper, hit your fourth, uh, put in your fourth land, Mm -hmm. play your, on turn four, play land number five, and then cast, like, Explosive Vegetation? Yeah. Now you have seven mana? Yep. Or seven lands, and now your Topiary Stomper is just beating face on turn four i mean you could speed that up a turn if you wanted to if you like arboreal grazer put a land into play Mm -hmm. play a land on turn two play this go get a land yeah like there's plenty of ways to like get this to be reasonable yeah right and like um like beanstalk giant saw like a reasonable amount of play Mm -hmm. i know it's not like cultivate like sure you hit your next land drop Right. But like this is 
this is field trip kind of, right? It's field trip that you draw a four four. And cast it. And cast it, right? It's you go get elemental summonings. Yeah. And you just put the token on the battlefield for free. Yeah. And like field trip sees like fringe play. Mm-hmm. So I think this card's sweet. If it's it's all a question like this is one of those cards that, like, if there isn't a ramp deck, this card doesn't see play. It's not good enough on its own mm-hmm. to, like, make you play it. Yeah. But... And, like, the keyword doesn't super matter unless you can turn it on, either. Yeah, like, it has no keyword until you have... Like, basically, you think of it as it's a three-mana ramp spell. Yeah. And then at some point, it, um, it is a creature. But initially, mm-hmm. it is not. Yep. See, if you're just happy with it being a three-mana ramp spell, like, in a heavy green deck, I'd rather play this than Field Trip. Mm-hmm. Where, like, Field Trip doesn't even fix your mana because it only gets forests. Yeah, and it doesn't count towards Devotion either. Yeah. So, I think this card will probably have a home. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's cool. Yeah, it is, it is different. I mean, think about, um, I know it's not the same card, but think about Wayward Swordtooth. Mm-hmm. How much was Wayward Swordtooth when it was in print? I don't know. It was pretty expensive. Like it, people didn't think it did much, and then it kind of like it kind of found its way into um, primetime decks there for a while. As, yeah, like, like a, while it was in standard, though it was bulk rare. It was a quarter. Yeah, and you know, it's I don't think it's quite ten bucks, but it's getting up there now. Okay, magic just, card prices just make are just wild. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would not have thought that card was $10. Wayward Swordtooth? Yeah. Am I, I wrong? I, I believe you. But, uh, no, it is exactly $10. Yeah. I would not have thought that card would have, would be $10. Yep. So. And this is, you know, some portion of that card. Yes. And it's been $10 for a long time. Yeah, so, like, this is a card that we'll probably see play. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, again, like, this is a commander card. What do commander players want to do? They want to ramp. That's right. Right? And this lets you ramp, and sometimes it's just a 4-4. Yep. Cool. All right. We got one more green card here. Yes. Combo Nations. (laughs) Tell us about your Combo Nations. We have Vivian uh, on the hunt. So, four green green for a four loyalty Vivian Planeswalker. I like her hat. (laughs) She has a very stylish hat. It's very... uh, I want to say Boy Scouts, but I don't think that's right. Like a, it's just like a beret. Yeah. Maybe got like a little bit of like M Bison vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you may sacrifice a creature if you do. Search your library for a creature with mana value equal to one plus sacrifice creature's mana value. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Hmm. Uh, so what do you what do you get? Um. By- you know, say sacrificing maybe a three drop. The it's you get this. If you sack a three drop, you go Felidar Guardian, which blinks Vivian, mm-hmm. which then you get some. You then sack Felidar. You have to sack something. Oh, what is the other thing? It, it definitely involves Felidar Guardian getting another sack, and you end up like with Kiki Felidar Guardian. You get Planebound Accomplice? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
You put yeah. this in with playing by an accomplice, sack playing yeah. by an accomplice to get Felidar Guardian, which you then blank Vivian. Yep. And then I forget what's after it. There's like another step that you get back. Uh, you get back the uh, other card. Mm-hmm. Let's see Vivian on the hunt combo. <clears throat> of course, there's a video. Can't can't watch that. All right, so get Philidar Guardian. Uh, Flicker Vivian. Then sack. Uh, oh, Karmic Guide. That's the card. Oh yeah. Sack yeah, yeah. Fel- sack. Uh, Philidar Guardian. Get Karmic Guide. Uh, get Guardian back. <clears throat> Uh, flickering Vivian, Sack Guardian, get Kiki, copy Karmic Guide to get back Felidar Guardian, Flicker Kiki, yep. win game. Yep. So it's just, and like the reason people are saying plane bound and combos is this lets you do that on turn four. Yeah. You're like plane bound, land, and if they're tapped out, well, if they're tapped out and not playing solitude, uh, you, uh, <laughs> You get to go nuts and win the game. Yeah. Um, the The issue is, is one, you have to play Plainbound Accomplice. Which I, I may have bought a whole <clears throat> bunch of Plainbound Accomplices when Modern Horizons first released. Yes. Uh, this might be your uh, your time to shine here. My chance to cash out. Yeah, this, this might be it. Because... Um, uh, it is your time to cash out, good sir. Yeah. They were zero. This is Moto. On tabletop, they were 50 cents. Yeah, I think that's what I paid for them. They are now 350. Well, maybe it's not quite time to cash out. You, you missed the peak. It was $5. Oh, man. But they are 350 now. I always miss the peak. Um,. But, like, this also works with literally any three-drop. Like, you could play, like, right. a semi-reasonable game of Magic. Mm-hmm. And then play, uh, and then play Vivian in, in like, dumpster any three-drop. Yeah. And start the chain. So, I really think that is, um, uh, the... The main use for this card is just the combo. Yeah. I mean, four man is an awful lot for anything else she does. She doesn't have an alt. Uh, she has a plus one that's mill five cards and put any number of creature cards milled this way into your hand. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, lead the stampede. Yeah. And then she has a minus one that's make a four four green rhino warrior creature token. So it ticks down to make a four four. Yeah. Which I guess is fine, but. It's not something I want to pay six mana for. Yeah, and you can't like there are no like win the game combos in like Pioneer where like the six mana cost might be a little more like palatable. Yeah. So you're just like stuck with it does the thing mm-hmm. in modern and it kind of doesn't do anything. Like yeah. now in a deck that is like all creatures, the plus one can just be like game ending. Yeah, but like you don't want a six mana lead to stampede. No, no, you don't. You probably don't want a six mana two lead to stampedes. Yeah. So 
it's probably just not good enough unless you're doing something unfair with the birthing with the birthing pod mode. Yep. So weird that we have two birthing pod effects in the same set. It is. It is. And both of them were like, uh, no, probably yeah. not. <laughs> probably not. All right, moving on to some multicolored cards. Okay, I guess one one quick thing. Okay. Uh, is this secretly a commanderious card to commander? Like, because you can six mana like combo people off the planet on in commander. Yeah, I mean, I, like Naya's not a super popular color combination. I don't think fair. Um, and I don't. I don't know that there's a Naya commander that like tutors this thing out and those colors don't, I guess white tutors planeswalkers. Yeah. But, but. I get, that's the only other place that I like, get could see play. Cause I like everyone yeah. got hyped for modern and spiked playing bound accomplice. Yeah. But I don't think it's good enough there. Yeah. Cause like how bad is your playing bound accomplice when you just like don't have Vivian. Right. I guess you're trying to put in like a big Karn and like exile a thing. Like I don't know. So. Doesn't seem ideal. All right, we are off to the gold cards. Yeah, first up we have Avon Heartstabber, blue black for a one one bird assassin with flying. As long as there are five or more mana values among cards in your graveyard, Avon Heartstabber gets plus two plus two and has death touch. When Avon Heartstabber dies, mill two cards and draw a card. Um, so if we're constructed, I almost feel like the middle paragraph is just flavor text. Yeah, like I don't really know how you're going to turn that on. Like Basically, you need a zero, one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. And most decks forego some portion of that curve. Like decks that are playing four drops probably aren't playing one drops, and decks that are playing one drops probably aren't playing four drops. And I don't know if either of those decks are playing zero drops. Well, lands count as zeros. But well, right, but like in standard, like unless you're playing the panoramas, you're not yeah, you're putting not getting your lands, lands in, in your graveyard. Yeah, and like as bad as this is, a two mana three three flyer is a lot of work when you can have a two mana three, two ground beater that comes back. Yeah. Right. Like it just doesn't feel powerful enough. This card got me thinking is, um, baleful Strix fine for standard. I mean, maybe right. Like, because like if, if Baleful Strix was in this set, you'd be like, huh, Baleful Strix, neat. And you wouldn't be like, you wouldn't be like, oh my god, it's like so powerful and so pushed. Yeah. You'd just be like, oh, neat, Baleful Strix. And so yeah. like, this is like a weird Baleful Strix that like, you have to do a bunch of work for, right? For the yeah. Death Touch mode, right? If you yeah. just trade it with a 2-1, like you kind of get your Baleful Strix. Mm-hmm. Right, it, drew, it traded with something and drew you a card. Yeah, but yeah, it. I think the the whole like if there are five or more mana values in your graveyard thing isn't going to happen a lot in in at least standard 
in an older format, so this card is not good enough if it's easier to get to, to meet that condition. Is there anything else that we can do? Like Street Wraith or Magnum Opus to help this thing out? Like it, like you said, it's a lot of hoops to jump through for what you end up getting out mm-hmm. of the card. Um, but like playing Street Race, not really a cost. Yeah. Um. Like, but like you said, I don't know if a two mana three three flying Death Touch draw card when it dies is even good enough. Yeah, I mean it gets like uh, what is that card? I was gonna say Pillar of Flame, but no, it's the uh, Flame Bless Bolt. Right, mm-hmm. they like, you know, cast their discard spell, and you're just like, yeah, flame best bless bolt it. Yeah, and then they don't get their card, they don't get their mill. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It'd be different if it would have entered it milled. Yeah, right. Then if it died, oh yeah, it helped turn itself on. Yeah, but it doesn't turn itself on. It's just like, yo, I'm here. Right. I hope you turn me on. It's like, okay. <laughs> Name of the episode. Uh. I was going to say things my college girlfriend has said to, <laughs> has said to me. Hey, uh, hey, can you turn me on? It's like, probably not. Probably not. Sorry. <laughs> Could you help turn oh, yourself man. on, please? <laughs> going to need some help with that one. <laughs> All right. So. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Let's not get ourselves uh, canceled here. Um, How about a corpse explosion? Boom. Uh one black red for a sorcery as an additional cost to cast this spell. Exile a creature card from your graveyard. Corpse Explosion deals damage equal to the exile card's power to each creature and each planeswalker. So it's so, like a weird conditional wrath. It's like Draconic Intervention. Yeah, but cheaper. Cheaper, and, and it wants creatures where Draconic Intervention wanted spells. Yeah. Um, so one, it has that weird tension of, hey, I need you to be a creature deck so that I have like text, mm-hmm. but also I want to kill all the creatures. Well, I mean, it doesn't kill your creatures if you play stuff with big butts. Fair. Fair. But like, if you play like mono walls, then they like have no power. Yeah. Right. Like. This seems like a build your own uh, anger of the gods, mm-hmm. like with like more steps. Yeah, right. His planeswalkers, like, though. Yeah, but like okay. imagine this is like in your like your your mono white opponent, and you're like, well, I've got to like attack into them and hope they block, so that yeah. my card has text. What about um? Not that. It's a real deck anymore, but like Boomer Jund. Um, I think isn't Boomer Jund playing like Hedesugo consumes all? Like, oh yeah, they might be. That is like kind of the Boomer Jund, like that card's like yeah, seen I guess play this in the thing legacy. Like, never kills a Death Shadow. It never kills a Death Shadow, right? Like it, like although might... it's really good, like with a Death Shadow, right? Oh yeah, you're just like discard my death shadow thirteen. Your blasphemous act you. Yeah. Um. It also like might not get like saga tokens. Like I just yeah. worry about it. Like even like in limited, 
Like, how many times is it just going to, like, not do something? Yeah, probably a lot. Or, like, miss. And, like, those those are the cards that don't get to see, like, constructed play. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, what if it doesn't do anything? Yeah, I can't play it. Because yeah. my opponent, like, played a creature that drew them three cards and, like, doned <laughs> me for four. And my card might yeah. not do anything. I, that's, that's not a place I want to be. You randomly got your graveyard tagged with a endurance like oh i just can't cast this now i, I, I mean <laughs> again my my uh goal of not losing to rest in peace if i play pioneer uh yeah. what about go blank yeah like i build up my graveyard and they're just like no it goes away now a uh, bye-bye yeah and you're like oh like so your graveyard hate also mine rotted me great yeah. Yep. So like yeah, there's I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of like fail case. But also like what if you're like, you know, the black red like self mill deck. Right? Like, you know, you've played young pot you've like milled over played like citrus suppliers and you like milled over young pyromancer, so, like three mana deal two is not the end of the world. Yeah. So like it might be like a self mill deck or a deck that's milling itself anyway. And this card is just going to like always be on mm-hmm. or like, what if you hit a croak set and you just get to six everything? That's pretty good. Yeah. So, except I think you'd, you'd like, rather cash your croak set. Yeah. So yeah, you're just, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird card. Like that's not always yeah. on. Although I guess like if you're playing against an aggro deck and like you're on the draw, you turn two Kroxa, turn three, six the board. Like that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, hopefully stabilize and then like go from there. Yeah. All I don't right. know. Next up, endless detour, green, white, blue for an instant. The owner of target spell, non-land permanent. Or a card in a graveyard puts it on the top or bottom of their library. First of Didn't all, we just have this card like banned out of standard? <laughs> um, Aethergust? Kind sure, of. Aethergust too. What was the other card that got? Oh, yeah, Divide by Zero. Divide by Zero? Yeah. I mean, Divide by Zero kind of like Aethergust was conditional and a mana less. Mm-hmm. Divide by Zero was easier to cast and like pseudo drew you a card like replaced itself yeah but like this is enough of those things that it might just be good enough mm-hmm. i think it's i think it's good enough that's yeah. a good card i also uh was it seth or someone was like oh yeah if you just play four of these it's just like having big teferi right what's your what's your win con my opponent mills out because you just keep putting <laughs> Since you can get endless I'm detours, I'm gonna put endless from, detour in my library. Yeah, <laughs> since it's like from your from your library, yeah. you just get to put one in your library. Yeah, or from your graveyard, you're just like, well, endless detour into the library. Here we go. Yep. So hopefully we're not to like turbo fog. Yeah, but yeah, that sounds like an awful way to win a game of Magic. Yes, but again, we got the round timer on Arena. Because of awful people. This is true. Like, you know, my sick, my hour and a half best of one game. Yeah. Right? People playing a single Lyra because they needed some way to win the game. 
Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is that, like, this works with Lear, right? Yes. You can, like, get it back with With Lear. Yeah, kind of the scary part. Yes. Like, I've played against some of those decks, and they're just miserable still. Yeah. Just like, what are you, like, this is not cool. Yeah. It's like, did you, again, it's one of those cards, like, did you play test this? Please, (laughs) please answer me. Did you have fun while you play tested this? Like, like, oh, all the words on the cards work within the rules. Excellent. But were they fun? (laughs) That's the question. It was, it was really skill testing and challenging. Was it fun? Did you enjoy yourself? (laughs) Oh no, I hated myself every minute of it. But we decided to print it anyway. Awesome. 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 All right. This one's all you. Yeah, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week. um, So I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on it tonight. But Obnixilis the Adversary. One red black for a three mana Nixilis Planeswalker with Casualty X. Copy. uh, You know, you sacrifice a creature for Casualty. It makes a copy of Obnixilis that isn't legendary and has a starting loyalty of X. So you sack something with three power, you get a three loyalty ob. You sacrifice something with ten power, you get a ten loyalty ob. Um, it has a plus one. Each opponent loses two life unless they discard a card. If you control a demon or devil, you gain two life. Uh, neg two, create a one-one red devil that does the devil thing when it dies. Or neg seven, target player draws seven cards and loses seven life. I think this card's awesome. This card, one, it has the um, the I'm a three mana planeswalker. Yes. Which is always just no 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 no. It's good. two three mana planeswalkers. It is two three mana planeswalkers, but it yeah. it has the I'm a three mana planeswalker, which is always right. good. Yeah. Right, like. Hobo Jace is like the one that like wasn't the uncommon ones are soul crushing. Yeah, Narset. <laughs> Ashiok, Ashiok gets played all the time. Like yeah. the uncommon ones make you sad. Davriel sees play in modern. Uh like uh three mana Teferi. Any number yeah. of them. Like yeah. even the ones that were like questionable. Either like, Lily. Either Lily. Uh I was gonna say even like uh Nissa. Yeah, the one who just made plants like that, like carried a deck for like Mm -hmm. the best deck in standard for like at least modern play two seasons. Yeah, so playing hardened scales. Yeah, like so just three mana planeswalkers in general. I think there's been like a few misses recently, but for the most part, they always kill it. And Mina was kind of a miss. Yeah, but I mean. That that card like still sees you know some like random fringe play. Does it? A little, like the the blue green one. Like there was like a standard deck yeah. for a little bit that played it, but yeah, it it was definitely not to the level of the other ones. But right, three mana planeswalker, always always worth looking at. Oh, I mm-hmm. uh, I forgot. Um, Oko ain't no Joko. Oh yeah, Oko. The apparently, best best planeswalker. Apparently, Chandra dressed to kill is forty two dollars. Uh, yeah, there you mana. go. Um, yeah, so like I'm just scrolling through three mana planeswalkers. Getting into the trials. Getting a black yeah. blade. Gris the hunger tide. Okay, yeah. the Dov- the Dovin bonds were kind of garbage. Um, right. 
Yeah, but like Dovin saw play in control decks. Yeah, I mean, both Domri raids were fine. Yep. Not great. Jace Bellerin saw mm-hmm. play. Cube All-Star, right? Yeah, I'm, the the two, uh, Hobo Jace and Jace Mirror Mage, not so much. Yeah. Uh, Kaido sees play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaya, you get the point. I could just go through the whole thing. Yeah. Like, there's been a few misses, but for the most part, They've they've done they've done work, yeah. um, so one, we'll probably do work just based on its casting cost. Mm-hmm. It's plus one. Uh, well, first the casualty, the fact that it is a non-zero amount of time, two three mana planeswalkers. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Yeah, right. Like if you go like one two ob. Like, one, two, and on your turn three, you sack your one or your two, you mm-hmm. play your ob, and you're plussing two Planeswalkers. Yeah. I don't know what they do. Right? Like, because presumably you have at least one blocker left over. Right. So, like, you're probably winning that game, which is kind of mm-hmm. wild to say. Yep. So you, uh, what's his name? The the underdog, right? Right? Tenacious yep. underdog. Absolutely. You sack it, you have three three loyalty planeswalkers on turn three. Two. Oh, sorry, two. Two three loyalty yeah. planeswalkers. They well, both... I mean, you have two four mana because you're going to tick them both up. Yeah, so like they've got to deal four to both of them, which they're not probably going to be able to do. Right. right. Especially not through your shambling guest. Yeah, or whatever other one drop you played because you were a good deck builder. I right. twitch. I twitch. You sack an eye twitch, draw a card. Yeah. yeah. So you sack your one drop, draws you a card. Yeah, seems good. So the plus one is the is weird because it's a punisher plus one, right? Mm-hmm. And normally they're not good, right? Normally you don't want to give your opponents agency. We talked about this before. But like if they just take four, they can't do they that. They could too only many do turns, that for five turns. Right. And assume uh, presumably you're doing anything else. Yeah, like bringing back your underdog the next turn. <laughs> yeah, and getting in for three, right? Yeah. And they can only discard cards for so long. Right. Before it's just like, yeah, I I don't have a hand. Mm-hmm. So, like, neither option is particularly good, especially if you're doing it twice. Yeah. Right? Like, if I told you that, like, your Obnixilis was just going to be mind rot the first turn, and you'd be left with two Planeswalkers, you'd be like... Awesome. I'm Sign in. me up. I would like a mind rot that leaves me two planeswalkers. Yep. Right? And it's going to buy you, like, even if you don't have a blocker, it's going to, like, buy you life mm-hmm. as they have to attack one of them. And, like, there's a real chance that they don't have four power Yeah. when they attack you. So then you're just so, like, oh, cool, I get to do this again. Is there any world where you, like, sack a rotting Registrar and... Draw seven cards and lose seven life? Um, I think. Yeah. Like, I think that is, like, a semi-reasonable play pattern. Mm-hmm. Crash in for seven. I mean, what about, our, what about our six four? Yeah. Like, you go to combat, <laughs> you attack. the down draw card. <laughs> yeah, and then you sack it, and you're just like, all right, um, discard, discard, or, you know, take, take two, take two. And now next turn, I'm going to, uh, um, 
what's it called? I'm going to like just, I'm going to fireball you for seven and kill you. Yeah, you can do that too. Because it's target player. You're like, what is your life total? Yeah. Excellent. You're dead. Like now you're playing a game where you have to only deal 13 damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we kind of ignored like it does protect itself. It does it, with the the little devil guy. Yeah. So like, let's say you have, let's say you just sack a shambling guest, right? And you're like, okay, with the with the regular one, you make a devil. Mm-hmm. And the other one you take up. Another one you take up. Now you have a blocker. Presumably, you can like, you know get in front of their one creature. Yeah. And then you can like double plus them again. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, maybe you lose them, but they've dealt you six damage or dealt them six damage or like, you know, four and a card. Mm-hmm. And that's a great payoff for three mana. Absolutely. And presumably you're in a deck that has like other synergies for, yeah. for sacrificing stuff. Yep. Like, you know, you have a cat and you're able to bring the cat back somehow. Mm-hmm. No, it, card's sweet. Yeah, it it seems very good. Yep. I am sad that it's currently $42. It seems very good. I like his pants, too. Oh, yeah, those are very... He is very spiffy. Yes, very, very spiffy. All right. Um, This one's not uncommon. This one's way cheaper. Yeah, uncommon. Rocco Cabaretti Caterer. X Naya, mm-hmm. uh, red, green, white for a 3 1 elf druid. When Rocco enters the battlefield, if you cast it, you may search your library for a creature card with mana value X or less, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Um, it is um, a sorcery speed court of calling? Kind of, sort of. It is also like uh, a green sun that has two extra mana on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, what's that? The three, one, one and a white that we get like in every set that also has green sun staple. Oh, to yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, uh, pride of the... Oresco the... Swift Claw. Yeah, or whatever of the six pride, the, yeah. the cool like full art one from... Uh, yeah. Future site. Yeah. Um yeah, in older formats, it gets Dryad Arbor. Mm-hmm. It gets Asmo. It gets Asmo. Um like you just get to dump a ton of mana into it and get whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Right? It's I don't like- know like if you're getting Dryad Arbor, like this really isn't any different than like Wood Elf and Wood Elf's not super playable fair like i'd almost if you're if you're just going to get a dryad arbor with this i'd rather play the topiary stomper yeah well i guess my so it lets you it it gives you the flexibility of like asmo and dryad arbor but also it's five mana get a two mana combo piece yeah oh i have this i have uh what is it vizier of remedies Mm-hmm. And I need devoted druid. Yeah. Or I have devoted I have druid. Devoted druid. And I need vizier. Yeah. Right. Because can you, you can, you can get two mana out of a uh, 
devoted druid before it dies, right? I think so, yeah. The third one is the one that kills. So you could go like druid on two, mm-hmm. on three, get vizier combo off. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Right? So you have... um, So like it has uses... Like, anything that just lets you, like, search your library for, like, a card, for a creature card is good. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, like you said, the, it's one mana too much for the 3-1 body. Yeah. Right? And, like, not that a 3-1 vanilla is, like, playable and constructed, but it, like, trades with stuff. It's not awful. Mm-hmm. So... I know. I just think it's a card that will will like see play. No, I mean it's definitely worth keeping some in your collection for sure. Something will break it someday. Yeah. All right. The next one we have is Tainted Indulgence, uh, blue and a black for an instant. Draw two cards, then discard a card if there are five or more mana values among cards in your graveyard. Unless there are five or more. So it's chart oh, sorry. it's chart yeah. a course until you have five mana values in your graveyard. Yep. Then it then is sign and blood without the uh without the downside. Then it's just draw yep. two. Yep. Um so I one, like this is just I put this in the next car on a uh, card uh in in a grouping that just is called Esper Combo Cars. Mm-hmm. Right? Like this is just a card to like fill your graveyard. Right, Charter Course is good enough. This is slightly harder to cast, but instant speed. Right. Right, so, like, that gives you a big upside. Uh, Maybe, like, the Sign and Blood mode, like, in a control deck becomes useful. Mm -hmm. Where, like, you've just, like, this is just a way for you to refill in the late game because you've just naturally, like, played a game of Magic. Right. Um, So, like, this is just one of those cards. It's like a glue card that if you're going to do something graveyard based, this is a card that you're going to want for that. Yep. So just a card to keep an eye on. Yep. Like, and like I, you said, it was a uh, kind of the signpost for this color, but we were yeah. talking about it here instead of before. So I left it here. That's fine. Um, also, like I've been playing uh, Grixis Reanimator. Yeah. And like I've been playing. Uh, cathartic pyre mm-hmm. which is fine mm-hmm. but like this is probably the utility better. is nice yeah getting to like kind of loot is nice but yeah all right this next one uh shaheen shirani was super psyched about this one okay this, this is, is a void rend uh white blue black for an instant the spell can't be countered destroy the target non-land permanent so it's a Vindicate mm-hmm. that can't be countered. Well, yeah. Vindicate hits lands, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's uh, Anguish of Making. Without, without the without the life without and the with lost. can't be countered. Yeah. So, like, it is... If you're an Esper control deck, you're going to play some number of these as, like, your general catch-all answer. Yeah. Of course, Shaheen was the one that... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, also, like... So there's March of uh, Otherworldly Light. Mm-hmm. And if you're Esper, like, I think you play this over those. Maybe. Right? Because for March of Otherworldly Light, at three mana, 
you're getting a two drop. Mm-hmm. Now, easier to cast, admittedly, but at three mana for Void Rend, you get anything. Right. Right. Like you're like you're not going to get rid of like a Gear Hulk if they with a March of un, uh, Otherworldly Light. But Void Rend yeah. is like whatever. I'll kill that too. Yep, goes away. And March of Otherworldly Light doesn't hit Planeswalkers. Right. So this lets you eat your opponent's Planeswalker. Or anything else. Yeah, or anything else. Yeah. Um, again, like, if you're, you know, wanting to, like, Grease Fang people, right? Like, this is a card that's, like, in your sideboard as, like, the, well, do I have to, like, answer a Rest in Peace? Do I have to answer a Grafdigger's Cage, a Leyline of the Void? It just is, like, it gets all the, gets all your issues. Right, right? Yep. it's kind of like, uh, what is the... Black white exile a monocolor is it monocolored? Yeah. Uh, um you know what I'm talking about. Yep. I can't think of what it's called. Vanishing verse? Vanishing verse, right? It's kinda like that, but it adds the extra color, which makes it harder, but it just doesn't have a restriction. Yeah. Like, oh, they played like, you know, some weird two colored like graveyard hate. Like, okay, cool. Like I can deal with that. Right, it's a little bit slower, but you just can't get everything. So it's a card yeah. that is it's a card that's just going to always be around. Like think about uh, abrupt decay. Yeah. Right? Like in the like can't be countered is like hugely Huge. annoying. Yeah. Right? Like you know, how many times like have you like had like a spell you were like I'm going to force this through. I have a mystical dispute and your opponent like vetoes it. Yeah. And you're just like, "Well, I guess I don't get to do anything now. <laughs> and this yeah. is like your opponent's like, all right, my creature is safe. I get to just, oh no. Oh no. I guess I just uh, get to watch my thing die with my, yeah. with my Dovin's veto in my hand. So. Yep. All right. Moving on from multicolored cards, we have exactly one artifact to talk about. Yes. Unlicensed hearse. Uh, two mana for a star star vehicle. You can tap it to exile two cards from a single graveyard. And unlicensed hearse's power and toughness are equal to the number of cards exiled with it. Crew two. It's it is... colorless graveyard hate that is also a threat. Yeah, it's, it seems super solid. It's weird. Like I like I don't think it's like a card that could go in like a control deck, right? Because you don't have well, a way you can't to ever crew it. it. Yeah. Right. But in like kind of an aggro deck where like, you know, let's say you're playing against, you know, Grease Fang or, mm-hmm. you know, our one of our pet decks, um, Jun Stormcaller, right? Yeah. Right. Like you just play this on two and you just are constantly like eating cards out of their graveyard to make sure it's under control. And then on turn like, you know, five or six, you're just like attack you for eight. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, man, like this is like a huge problem now. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah, surprise. Like this card that was annoying you as like a, you know, C plus uh, Relic of Progenitus yeah. is now um, killing you. Yeah. So that like flexibility is important. It's almost, uh, it's almost scavenging ooze in a way. It's close to it, yeah. Right? Like it's scavenging ooze, you need a friend to turn on. But you don't have to dump mana into it. It just gets to like be, do its thing. Yeah, 
And the turn it comes down, like on turn two, you get to get two cards. Yes. Yep. Which is a big deal as well. Yep. All right. All right. Next, we have some cycles. Um, I don't know how much time you want to spend on like every card in the cycle mm -hmm. or how you wanted to do it, but. So like, the only way it fits is for me to do them one at a time. I on understand. The screen, so. <laughs> so we have a set of enchantments that have hideaway. Yeah. They all have hideaway five, yep. which means when they come into play, you look at the top five cards of your library, you stick one under it, mm -hmm. the rest on the bottom of your library. And then when you meet the condition on the card, you get to cast that card. Mm-hmm. So, uh, some of them are like really good standalone cards on their own, right? So, like, like uh, the black one here, yeah, or the uh, the white one, yeah, the black one, cemetery tampering, yep, right? Like, it's if you have 20 cards in your graveyard, you get to cast a cal uh, uh, card for free, yep, and it mills you for three each turn, mm -hmm. right? We've all played decks at some point that. Just want to put cards in the graveyard. Yeah, I mean, was it Tyramid Calls the Dead? Mm -hmm. Was like a completely playable magic card, and this is much better than Timurat Calls the Dead. Yeah, like you just like get like a bunch of cards in your graveyard, right? You yeah. play this on three, and on turn five, you put six cards in your graveyard. And if you're doing like any other work to put cards in your graveyard, like you might be casting something on turn yeah. like five. Yep. Right, Stitcher Supplier, Seder Wayfinder, this. You've already got, like, nine cards in your graveyard. Mm hmm So, it's... Uh, now, some of them, the red one's just wild and weird. Like, its yeah. condition is, do you have Wooburg? Yeah. <laughs> Which, it's like, why? Like, all the other ones let me cast it for free. You make me pay five mana for it? No, yeah, thank very you. Very strange. No, thank you. But remember, red-green is five-color treasures. Well, I mean, this might also be a secret storm card, though. Oh, that's a good point. Because it just turns anything multicolored into make a mana. Mm-hmm. So, like, your mana morphos turns into free? Like, if like you have it's, a, it's a ritual. You're plus one mana. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. I don't know if there are any other, like, gold cards in, like, Storm or that you could play. Um, I'm sure there's something. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, it's any multicolored spell. So this would work in, like, the red-green Storm decks too, right? That use um, Burning Tree Emissary. Oh, yeah. This yeah, is yeah. plus mana with Burning Tree. And then if you have, like, Burgie or whatever, you're up. A ton of mana. Yeah. Just get to do your thing. Yep. So these cards, like, for the most part, like, you want to make sure that they, like, stand alone. So, like, mm -hmm. Rabble Rousing is a little slow, but, like, just gives you, like, a snowball's advantage. The white one. Yep. It's white five one. mana, but every time you attack with one or more creatures, you make that many citizen tokens. Like, that gets yep. out of hand in a hurry. Yeah. Um, the blue one lets you draw an extra card each turn. Like, that's good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yep. It's five mana, which is a problem, but then you get to draw an extra card each turn. That'll work out. We already talked about the black yep. one. And the green one just makes your creatures bigger each turn. 
Like, yeah, it's that's kind fine. of like uh, Beastmaster Ascension in some mm-hmm. ways. Right, and so, and they don't, these don't go away. Right? Yeah, so they you, just keep doing their thing even after you cast the hideaway card. So, like, you could definitely see, what was that, like, there was that white, was it sparring regimen? That, like, when you attack with a creature, you put a counter on it and you untap it, and it learns when it comes into play? And it's, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Two and a white? Like, yeah. fight rigging is, like, not too dissimilar. Right, every time yeah. you attack, you get to put, like, you know, each turn, you get, oh, every time you get to attack, you yeah. put a counter on something, you immediately get paid off. Yeah. Um, you know what else is interesting that I kind of just thought of is Yorian resets these. Yes, it does. So once you meet the condition, you Yorian. Oh, and then, yeah. Like, you've met the condition again already. Yeah, and you just get to keep doing it. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good yeah. point. You're very smart. Sometimes. <laughs> so, like, fight rigging, like, you have to, like, it checks when you put the counter on something. V has something at seven power. Yep. Uh, the white one is, yeah, in combat it checks. Okay. Yeah, and the black one's on your upkeep. And yeah. the blue ones when you draw your card. So like you're like, like you've the- already met the condition though. So like once you get back to that that point, yeah, you you get to you get to do it again. So like cemetery tampering might be the best for that, right? Where you just like blink it, and then you know at the beginning of the next turn cycle you're going to get the uh, you're going to meet the condition and do the thing, right? So yeah, they're all interesting. We haven't mm-hmm. got hideaway in a long time. Yeah. So. Okay, next up we have color hosers. Yeah. The last time we had a set of these, they were wildly broken. So first they were like, let's make them only affect one color as opposed to two. Yeah. So they tried to fix them there. But like knockout blow. Two and a white, deal four to target attacking or blocking creature, and you gain two life. But it costs two less if it targets a red creature. Yeah, right, so, so it's one mana. This is one of those things It's like, hey, are you going to be... Uh, is a mono red deck going to be too good? Not with this. Right. Right? Like, if mono red is like 15% of the metagame, 20% of the metagame, these just go into sideboards, and then you get, like, clowned. Right. You're just like, oh, attack, and it's just like, I will annihilate you. Yeah, I will I kill mean, a creature, invalidate your attack, go. Yeah. Um, three mana for this is too much. Would not see constructed play anywhere. Um, one mana for this, like you said, out of a sideboard maybe. Yeah. Um, but not super. Not super good. Not Definitely not Veil of Summer. Definitely not Veil of Summer. Uh, the blue one is out of the way. Three and a blue. Cost two less if you target to green permanent. Return target... Target non-land permanent and owner opponent controls to its owner's hand and draw a card. So kind of remand. Kind of remand uh, or like yeah. kind of unsubstantiate. Yeah, like, unsubstantiate doesn't draw a card though, does it? It doesn't. Um, yeah. I was going to say, this is also like some part of Divide by Zero. Oh, that's true. It's also like, was it into the Royal or whatever? Yeah, kicked into the Royal. Yeah. 
and like that the card of an is, eye. Yeah, and that card has seen play. And yeah, like that's true. I, ha- I hadn't thought of that. Like four mana for bounce something, draw a card is kind of playable. Yes, it is. And like, like just on its face value. And like the two mana version is busted. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Right. Again, like if they print a questing beast, this is just like, no, oh, I'm mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Like we're, we're fine. Yeah. Um, Maybe pay attention to this one. Yeah. The uh, black one is called Whack. Three and a black. Costs three less if it targets a white creature. Target creature gets neg four, neg four till end of turn. Wildly unplayable at four mana. Probably pretty good at one mana. We have like what, Ray of Enfeeblement right now. Uh, the It's like one mana. Yeah. So target creature gets minus four, minus one until end of turn. If it's white, it gets neg four, neg four, and it's a black. Oh, okay. So, like, I think that card sees some sideboard play. Okay. But not a ton. But, yeah, at one mana, like, you know, it's almost terminate. Yep. Close uh, to. it's. I mean, it's better grasp of darkness, and that's mm-hmm. been top-tier removal at different points throughout Magic's history. Yeah. Uh... Uh, Torch Breath, mm-hmm. Red and X. Uh, this spell can't be countered. Torch Breath Relevant. deals X to target X damage to target creature or planeswalker, and it costs two less to cast if it targets a blue permanent. Like Heat Ray, I remember what was it Crovax Torch? Is mm-hmm. one that couldn't be countered at like X equals five. Yeah. Now that could hit players, right? right. But this is like always kind of like a borderline playable card. Yeah, this one's weird though. Like the two less if it targets a blue permanent. I don't know what you're killing for like one mana. Yeah, what is the blue. what is the two mana thing you want to kill? Yeah, I don't know. And either. like you're not. I mean, you're not tagging a Hullbreaker Horror with it because Hullbreaker Horror doesn't count anything. Bounces them. Tap. <laughs> All the lands. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure. Uh, I guess uh, Jenga Taxius can't counter it. That's true. Yep. Uh, so, like, for four mana... It's you a lot of mana it. to kill a Jenga Taxis, though. It's only four. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I think if there's, like, a... The mono-blue, like, tempo deck, mm-hmm. right? Like, the Delver... And whatever the quench is in this set, the casualty mm-hmm. quench, right? Yeah. If like that's a deck, right? Like then you have this that like you get to pick off their Delver. Yeah, that's true. It is good at killing Delver. Maybe this was supposed to be a safety valve against Delver. Delver or like just like the because we already talked about the the blue card and like kind of the the one that like uh, oh gosh, can, uh, connives. There you go. Oh or whatever yeah, yeah, deals yeah. damage. So, like, you have yeah. a card that, like, if a mono blue deck is super good, mm-hmm. this is, like, the Keeps safety valve. Check. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I always used to tell uh, Christos that uh, mono blue could never beat the card shock. Yeah. Right? Like, if you had, like, two shocks in your opening hand, you just couldn't lose. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, you lost. And this is yeah. just, like, uncounterable shock. <laughs> and we already have better uh, Play shock. with fire. Yeah. 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 So you're just like I have. Oh, you're mono blue. I have four shocks and four uh, 
Torch Breath. Yeah. Um, would you Good like luck. to concede now, or would you like to play this out? Fred Squid coming up. Let's go. And then uh, Bouncer's Beatdown. Mm-hmm. And this is a bite spell. Yes. Kind of, but it doesn't yep. target. It doesn't Oh, yeah, that's weird. So it targets. Yeah, it so it, it deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. So it doesn't like usually. These oh, are so like it doesn't target your, your creature. creature. It only targets their creature. Usually these are like gotcha. target creature you control. Yeah. Deals damage. So they can't kill the thing in response. Well, they still could. Right, it would just well, like, then it would just go to the next biggest go thing. Go to the next though, right? biggest thing, yeah. Like yeah. it's going like as long as you have two creatures, it's going to deal some amount of damage. Yeah. Regardless of what they do. And it costs yeah. two less to t- if it targets a black permanent. Yeah. Which, I like that oh, guy's little silly there. Yes, whacking the guy. <laughs> I guess if you had a black creature, you could make it cost one. Like if uh, you if you played if green you black. Targeted. Yeah. It would target a black creature Ooh, you sneaky. control. So yeah. they got around that by making it so it doesn't target. Mm. Okay, it doesn't target your creature. I see what you did there, wizards. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Let us have fun. Not that green yeah. needs any more help. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that uh, takes care of all the cycles. We just yeah. have three cards to talk about left, and then we'll be done. I was going to say real quick, Bouncer's Beatdown is like, Write it like rabid bite is three, yeah. right? Or is yeah. is two mana? Two. So it's one mana too many, but it's not awful, right? And I, the like doesn't targeting thing might be relevant. Yeah, it could be like the fact that you know you're always going to get, yeah, get your bite in. Yeah. All right. So these next three, mm-hmm. I sent to uh, James as uh. Team Power Creep. Mm-hmm. So these are all cards that I. Two of them are still standard legal, and we've printed a strictly better version. Well, the second one's just the same card again, right? No, it's better. Okay, we'll talk about it in a minute. All right, so we have uh, Inspiring Overseer. Yep. Two and a white for an Angel Cleric. It is a two one. Ooh, it's an angel, so you can play it alongside uh, Giada, right? Yeah, and it's a cleric, so it goes in a like a black white cleric's deck, and it uh, triggers um, oh, what's that card? The three mana two four that gains life. Uh, the v- Valkyrie, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. yeah. Um, when it enters the battlefield, you gain a life and draw a card. So this is the there was the 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 exact same card except for this has flying. Yeah, and so the dwarf the, did not. Yeah, the priest of forgot like something of lore or whatever. Yeah. Like that card didn't have flying. This right. is the exact same card that is currently in standard, but they stuck flying on it. Mm-hmm. Um then we have Big Score, which is an instant for three and a red. As mm-hmm. an additional cost, cast a spell, discard a card. Draw two cards, create two treasure tokens. Oh, it's strictly better because it's three and a red instead of two red red? Exactly. Gotcha. So Unexpected Windfall is two red red. Yep. So they took a card that is currently in standard that is fine. And they were like, (laughs) let's make it better. 
Yeah. Chad said, no, bro. Need some beans. Make it better. Bro, why are they going to buy this set, bro? Yeah. Make, make them tar- swimming in beans. Bro, make They kind of look like jelly beans, don't they? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> bro needs more beans in the art. I had never, I had not looked at this art until now. Like, are there gems in her eyes? Have her eyes been replaced with diamonds? Oh, maybe. Is this person Could dead? Be. Like, these are all it's things a, I now need to know. Ooh. It's like Scrooge McDuck. It is. Maybe it, that's what happened to Scrooge McDuck. That's when he died. That's like the... Uh, Got diamond eyes. Yeah, the... Uh, when, uh, you have to watch Disney Channel at like 2.30 in the morning for that for that version of DuckTales. Woo! <laughs> Tales from the... Tales from Tales the... Tales from uh, the duck. Yeah, Tales from the duck. Tales from the vault. Yeah. Uh... And then, I don't think there is a standard equivalent of this card right now, but we have Jewel no. Thief. Yeah, this card is way, way too good. Uh, yes, it is um, a three mana, um, three three, so two and a green for a three three. Vigilance Trample. Okay, like we we could just be done. Are we done? Yeah. No. What, it what makes more? a treasure too. It makes a treasure too. Awesome. Now it's, yeah. a, it's a... Oh, it's not even a tap treasure. No, it's just a treasure. So it's just a two-mana, three-three trample vigilance. Yep. Yeah. That's not okay. It's a common. It's a, yeah, it's a common. So we yeah. have a Augmenter Pugilist that was a rare in Strixhaven that was one green-green mm-hmm. for a three-three trample. And then if you had eight lands, it became a and eight eight, mm-hmm. right? Like this is kind of it is a rare from like a year ago, mm-hmm. and it's a common, right? I I don't I don't understand how they are designing cards. What a world we live in! I mean, there's a Briarbridge Tracker that comes in and makes a clue, mm-hmm. and becomes a four three. With vigilance, also rare. rare. Like it's just wild to me, like how pushed cards are, especially yeah. like at common. Yeah, no, this card's great. I, like I mean, this card might be constructed playable. Yes, like it. So if you guys remember when we uh, talked about um, Goldspan Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, we were like, why? Like this card is a. Th- three mana four four haste flyer right because mm-hmm. it gave you a treasure and gave you two mana back right jeweled thief is a effectively a two mana three three trample vigilance yep right like you get to like play your jeweled thief and then play a one mana removal spell mm-hmm. right like that is a phenomenal turn yeah you play your jewel thief and you hold up the uh what was it? The uh, torch breath here. Yeah, to like pick against blue to pick something up, or what is the the like the shock? Like you just yeah. like play with fire, play with fire. Um, or there's like any number of one mana like protection spells in standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we didn't talk about. There's a blue protection spell in this set we didn't talk about, and there's the white one that puts a shield counter on something, and you scry yep. one. 
right? There's any number of things like you don't think about the one mana like super mattering, right? But it does. Or Hound Tamer, three mana, three, three trample that for four mana gets to put a counter on something mm-hmm. at uncommon, right? Like this is a common that is its closest analogs are rares and uncommons. Yeah. Actually, this thing's kind of nuts to play alongside Kalein. Like you Kalein and then this, and it's a 4-4 four, four Vigilance Trample that and, like leaves behind a treasure to do something else with. And presumably you have like, oh my, so you you Kalein on two, you get a treasure. Yep. Let's say you hit your land. You play this, you get a counter, it's a 4-4. Four, four. Mm-hmm. Then you still have a treasure left over, you play another right. two drop that gets a counter from Kalein as well. So your Kalein has been worth like one mana and two yeah. plus one plus one counters. Yeah. So like you might have like you may have just put like seven power. Four I mean, of it I mean, with trample. If and you have two mana left, you can play that red green guy. Oh, do both mana have to come from treasure or just one? Let us look at red green guy. Oh, I, I think both of them do. Uh. Spend only mana produced by treasures to cast. So you yeah. have to spend both. Yeah. But like, you know, if you're like living the Jun lifestyle, then you just play the uh, our uh, our buddy Abs, mm-hmm. and you get a four three. Yeah. That's a that's a good turn there, uh, everyone. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know, like it. It might be asking a lot of your mana, but yeah, I guess we have pretty good mana. We got pathways and the. Uh... The lands from Innistrad. And we have Triomes. Yeah, Triomes don't help you uh, uh, like a like tur- curve out on turn three, though. A turn one Jun Triome. Now you have all your colors. Yeah, man, that might be asking a lot, though. No, sure. But it's not impossible. But it's just yeah. like you... The cards that give you a treasure, right? Like, we've hopefully learned to think about them as like... We are, this card kind of costs one less mana. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you, it allows you to get super far ahead. Yeah. And so, yeah, you just play like a, yeah, if I told you you could get like a uh, three mana, four, four vigilance trample, you'd be like, oh, that card is clearly like a push to rare. No, it's a common. No, it's a common. Right? Like this feels like it's a card that like, is going to make an impact in Popper. Oh, for sure. Right? Like I will be playing this in Popper at our next tournament. I'd be willing to bet. Yeah, and uh not that Oh, Keldheim is still legal. The 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 Fortel 3-3 that draws a card. Yeah, the pet Sirulf Peckmate. Yeah. Like that's a deck. We have we have a deck put together. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Like those two cards and you just figure everything else out. Yeah, so, like, this card is just super pushed, like, way above rate. So, it is it is a card that will see a ton of play. I don't know if we're going to get to uh, Deadly Dispute levels of uh, $4 <laughs> commons. I mean, you can play this with Deadly Dispute. Yes, you can. But, I mean, a 3, like, I don't know, just like a 3-3 three, three Vigilance Trample is, like, like a beater Seems and limited. Reasonable. Yeah. Seems For reasonable. Sure. 
Yeah. I don't know if reasonable is the word I would use, but <laughs> agreed seems pretty decent. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a card that will make an impact places. And it's probably like, you know, I don't know what the limited format's going to look like, but I can't imagine this card is bad and limited. Yeah, no. And this is a card if like red green pile of random colors. Mm-hmm. Right? This is the card. Oh yeah, that this you, is a reason that that that's a good deck. Right? Like this is this is a card that lets you red green pile a uh, bunch of colors. Right? Yep. Like your base green and you have like 3 of these. Mm-hmm. Then you just take any rare that is good and you're yep. just like Yep, that's good. I'll be able to cast it because I have a bunch of treasure things. It'll be fine. Yep. Uh, so yeah, this is this is like the glue that holds that deck together. Yep. So and were there uh, anything else you wanted to talk about, or there's one card that I wish I would have like put on my list of things because it is probably the card that I am most likely to play. Okay. And that is Lord Xander the Collector. Oh, boy. Yep. So I've mentioned it a few times. I'm playing like a C minus like Grixis reanimator deck. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the reanimation tar- targets is Coma. Yep. Which is like pretty much uncastable in the deck. Yeah. Right. And isn't like always good. Right, especially against control, like if they can kill it before you uh, get your coil. Yeah. But like Xander's going to get their hand when mm-hmm. he comes into play, and you can just cast him sometimes. Yeah. And if he dies, he's going to take some permanents with him. <laughs> yeah, kind of does all the things. Yeah. Uh, and if he attacks, whatever, you win yeah. the game. But, but like just as a like, hey... This is a good thing to reanimate. I think that card is the one I'm most likely to play. The mm-hmm. one that I'm like, oh, I'm excited for me to like spend two Mythic Wild cards on this to like stick it in my stupid deck. What do you think the chances are of this guy seeing play alongside like Gorio's Vengeance? <sighs> I, if he got like lands as well, yeah. If he was like an Armageddon on the way out the door. But like, I mean, it's also tough to play a graveyard deck in modern right now, but it is. And like, Gorius Vengeance isn't an exile. Does it? I thought it was sacrifice. I thought it was exile, but Maybe I'm not a hundred percent sure. So we will Gorio. I don't know. Ha! I got it right. Uh, exile at the beginning of the next end step. All right, but. Footsteps of the Gorio. Sacrifice. Oh, there you go. It's one extra mana, but it sacrifices. Yep. Um I don't know. Like, I feel like you should like be able to reanimate it somewhere mm-hmm. and have it be reasonable. Like it's just hard because like, you know, Pioneer for the like Pioneer the reanimation spells are like five mana. Well, like, you get a was it blood for bones? Yeah, blood mana? for bones and um, uh, the foretell one, which I should remember, mm-hmm. but I don't. I'm actually playing it, and I don't remember what it is. Uh, 
that like you foretell for two and then you cast for four. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Oh, return I mean, upon the tide. Yeah, that's tough though, because you want to be spending your first couple turns filling your graveyard up, not foretelling your thing. Yeah, the way it usually works is you like you for you try to foretell it on like two, and mm-hmm. then you want to like Prismari command on three or, um, what's he called? Uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, right? Yeah. Like the the foretell on two plan is good when you have like the discard spell and the thing already in your hand. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's fine. I know that like on three, I'm going to get to discard this and on four, I'll get to play it. Yeah. It's sketchier. You're right. It's way sketchier when you're like, I don't have like one of the pieces. Yeah. And I don't want to like not dig for it this turn. But uh, yeah, so that is the one card that I'm like, yeah, we're going to we're going to get this guy. (laughs) This is this is what we're about. And I guess same with like the Grixis charm. Yeah, we didn't talk about any. I guess we sh- maybe yeah, should have fine. talked about the charms, but we kind of covered them pretty extensively in Discord. They were like some of the first cards that got yeah. spoiled. So. But like the Grixis charm, like the look at the top five cards and then put the rest in your graveyard. Like put yeah. one in your hand. Like that's perfect for that kind of deck. You're just like, well, yeah. do I need the, I can find the reanimation spell and put the creature in my graveyard. And the fact that it's also like removal spell. Yeah kind of does all the things that you needed to do. So those are the two cards that are going to like find a way in like me playing garbage unranked standard matches. Mm-hmm. Hey man, I got to try to get my, uh, <laughs> got to try to get my mastery. I'm cutting it close. Hey, uh, I've been playing historic brawl. I haven't played a ladder game in quite some time at this point. Yeah. I built a, uh, um, Oh shoot. What's his name? The minotaur pirate. Angrath. Angrath. I built an Angrath Treasures deck. Well, it's just like sacrifice, like artifact self-sacrifice stuff. Mm-hmm. And is I, know, I wanted it to be red black, so I just picked Angrath because he's a pirate. Uh, are you gonna pick Obdixilus now? Uh probably. Well, I don't know. That deck doesn't have that many creatures in it. Okay. But I'm I mean, sure there's some treasury goodness though. I'm sure, like, um, like Ob Nicholas just has to find his way in, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he might be a whole different deck. Who knows? Maybe I'll build a Ob Nicholas Aristocrats deck. So, real quick, we're talking about Ob Nicholas, uh, Riveter's Requisitioner, one in the red, for a three-one. When it dies, create a treasure token. Perfect. There you go. Feed it to Ob, get a treasure token to hold up a removal spell. Yep. Done. Done and done. Thank we you very much. We did it. We broke it. Yep. So, I think we have a preview. Yeah, I think that was a pretty good show. Yeah, so um, if there are any cards that you're excited about that we missed, like, get at us. Yeah, right, let we, us know. Ask us questions. Yeah, we can... Uh, we can try to cover those next week because pre-release is this weekend. I don't know if either one of us is going to like pre-release in person, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have a chance to make it out. So, so I apologize. I I know I used to hand out those pre-release codes all the time and I haven't in a while, but things are, things are different at our LGS lately. And 
these last couple of weeks have been absolutely brutal as far as free time goes for me. So yes, that's uh, another one of the reasons. Like normally when I do this show, I ask you guys for cards you want me to talk about. I didn't do that this time. I didn't have a whole lot of time to put the show together. So sorry about that also. But like if you guys have like some really good experiences with some cards at pre-release, let us mm-hmm. know that one, you want us to talk about them and like two, yeah. what your experience was like, oh, hey, I played whatever card, Mysterious Limousine, and it was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. It's like, okay, like didn't think, okay, well, let's like look at that card again and see. So let us yeah. know. You can get at us. All of our social media stuff is in the description. Yeah. And if you guys are looking to pick up any singles from this set or any other set, um, like we mentioned at the top of the show, prices are going up. So singles are the way to go. Um, we'd appreciate it if you use our TCG player affiliate link. You get the best prices around and you help support the show. Anything you purchase after following our link, uh, you know, we get a small cut of to help pay our bills. It's a tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. And if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can hit up our Patreon at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Chip in a couple bucks. You get access to our pre-show. You get access to our show notes and you get put on my mailing list. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode. You got anything else? I don't think so. So with that, we'll catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets.